This is WTM. Watch this movie. What? <laughs> How you doing? Oh, good for you. Oh, wait. I drink it up. First, you gotta do the trouble shot. Obviously, you're not a golfer. Watch a few movies, take a few notes. WGM. Watch this movie. Welcome back to a brand new episode of WTM Watch This Movie. I am Eric Mulder. Say hi to your mom for me. Joining me once again is Mr. Positivity, Wolfie T. You crazy if you think I'm going to walk up some dark alley with a large orange hat on my head and a whistle. What's up? Uh, hard to say right now. We're, we are recording this in advance. It is July 3rd, and I'm going to drop this at the end of August. While I'm on my sabbatical. Oh, we're not going to kayfabe it? How was your summer? What did you do? <laughs> what was your favorite thing? <laughs> uh, so, well, by How's your fantasy football team looking? <laughs> uh, by this time, you uh, will have listened to three episodes, most likely, with Wolfie T and our special guest for this episode... Mr. Stuart Bulk from the Midnight Movie Cowboys. Good morning. Can I help you? John Holmes. Uh, Mr. Marengo asked me to come. Hello. Familiar voices. <laughs> By now. Hello. Thank you for uh, joining us. And thank you for joining Wolfie T in future episodes that you have not recorded yet, Past but will episodes. be out before this episode is. <laughs> This sounds like the Matrix. <laughs> You're going to be hearing, but can, you've already heard them. Take the red if pill. I can make it any more confusing, I, I'll try. We're yeah. assuming that me and Stu can get along uh, well enough without <laughs> Eric to put together that many episodes. We'll probably have more fun, mate. Don't worry. It'll be all right. There you go. Yeah. We'll be, be sitting there we'll going, ah, I can hear an echo. We better restart the recording again. <laughs> Hey, Wolfie, be like, I oh, just fuck it, just go with it. We'll be right. We'll just, we'll just fuck up the audio because Eric's gonna be the one editing it. <laughs> we'll just record off our own laptop speakers <laughs> and not use the actual microphones and have the have the uh, audio coming through the computer speakers so it echoes through on both ends. It'll do a lot of selective editing to make <laughs> you both sounds like horses' asses. Hey, I did that for 12 years on the MMC, so I don't give a shit. I'm used to it. I'm still getting used to this damn thing in front of my face here. So, yeah. yeah so you were, you were talking about how how good you think we sound, and you got a mic to uh, yeah to join us. You're you're part of the Blue Yeti militia, I guess. <laughs> it was either that or the um, toilet out in um, Tunisia sounding version of myself. So, no thanks. But no, honestly, I I. Obviously, listen to you. Oh, Jesus, stop hitting that pop filter, you idiot. Um, I listen to you two guys. I think, geez, they sound good. I mean, obviously, it's not studio trickery because you're probably using nothing more than what the rest of us are. And then I hit Eric up and I said, what what gear are you using? You, you told me. I thought, ah, uh, sod it. I'll just go out and splash out a few hundred bucks and get it. And um, yeah, getting people saying, ah, fine, we can understand you <laughs> a bit better anyway <laughs> than what we usually can. So, um, yeah, that's that. But uh, I'm happy to be back again. Yes, yeah, good to have you. It's 
It's a special episode at Sleepaway Camp. It's one of my favorite horror films, specifically 80s horror. It's got to be in my top three for 80s slashers. This will be the first episode in our horror extravaganza. And uh, yeah, we're kicking it off, kicking it off old school with a film from 83. So Stu, this was your first time seeing it. Brett and I had both seen it before. Yep. Uh, so before we get into everything, I guess uh, tell us what your expectations were. And then tell us your your thoughts, I guess. Your reaction to the cult classic Sleepaway Camp. Well, I had heard about it because uh, <laughs> everyone had been speaking about Sleepaway Camp. Especially uh, in plug time here for our friends over at um, uh, Land of the Creeps. Greg and Mortis especially. I'm like, Sleepaway Camp. Love that film, man. <laughs> and I just thought... You know what, honestly, I don't even know if he's got a VHS release here. I don't remember seeing that tape on the shelves in the horror section, so... Because if it was, I, I would have most likely rented it. In the but, UK, it was uh, it was titled uh, Nightmare Vacation. No, it doesn't ring a bell. So, we did sometimes was... get... We did sometimes get um, UK releases with... Uh, uh, the titles they've picked themselves except the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles one we didn't take that we stuck with the original we didn't go with the Hero Turtles crap but uh, so look just real quick IMDB says Australia got a video premiere in September of 1985 okay so just I just missed it I don't know what uh, why I didn't rent it out but yeah if the beacon of all knowledge, IMDB, says it's out, then it was most likely out. As opposed to a guy who lives here, lived through that era, went to video stores like a religion. But yeah, okay, if the uh, if the old DB says it's out, it most likely was out. It was a slower release. Yeah, it was. But that was pretty common, though, for a lot of things over here. Um, we didn't exactly get th- things straight away. You know, we would get titles that were released in 79, 1980. 81 and get them in the mid 80s it was not an uncommon practice it just depended on who picked up the rights this one i dare say if i do look up later on the vhs of it it may spark my memory and go oh yeah i remember seeing that in the shelves but i dare say this would have been a really small backyard company that put it out like uh K-Tel american Video. eagle films corp <laughs> <laughs> oh well there you go they you know paramount <laughs> never and heard brothers no <laughs> no idea but yeah it, it would have been like a sundown a home video one of those it, it, it was just first movies. released in new york in just a few dozen theaters in late 83 and then in mm-hmm. may 84 it was released in theaters in la and then i'm not sure in between there but it was kind of a slow release but ended up making about 11 mil off of a three hundred fifty thousand dollar budget, somehow it's not so, bad. It's not. Yeah, bad. It was. It was. It was distributed in Australia by KTEL Filmways VTC. I told you, same company who put out um, uh, Evil Dead on VHS. Okay. Oh wow, that's very cool. I got to check that out, and uh, maybe I do because I've seen the, the VHS of this um, with that that theatrical poster. I remember seeing the knife through the shoe uh, cover art on VHS's okay. back in the day, but rare. I never saw it when I was a kid. I only saw it about eight years ago or so. Okay. When you were still a kid. Yeah. <laughs> when I was about 27. 
Oh, okay. No. Worries. Yeah, I, I had never heard of it until Eric started raving about it. He's like, "You gotta watch this movie, Sleepaway <laughs> Camp." He's like, "It's on YouTube, but I paid for the Blu-ray, twenty-five bucks." And I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> So I, I first saw it YouTube. Well, I, I can honestly say I thankfully paid for it via a download pirate torrent, and I got no shame in saying that either. <laughs> it is on Peacock here in the states for the next like eight to ten years, at least. Oh, has it got that uh, prom night <laughs> end date? Is it? <laughs> I think prom night has uh, about twenty one hundred on it. <laughs> Yeah, well, but, uh, yeah, the 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 Peacock transfer is pretty shitty. I mm-hmm. I don't even know if it's an HD. It uh, I don't remember how good the Blu-ray looked uh, since Eric let me lend that or borrow that a few years back. But uh, the Peacock one is pretty grainy. Yeah, it'd be an old master because I think it was put out in Blu-ray by Shout. Was was that right? Yeah, yeah. Shout. They do a fairly decent job most of the time. Uh, the version I saw was pretty damn clear, probably a bit too clear, I think, at times, which I'll get into later. Yeah, it's good, it's uh, yeah, we'll get into that later too. Yeah, but yeah, there's certain things you can see too clearly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. So, uh, what are your general thoughts on it? Did you hate it? Did you like it? How many times have I been here? I've been here twice <laughs> for two films that I hated. Right. Yep. Yeah, and it's my third time here. <laughs> All right, let me give a bit of context. I'll be I'll be about thirty or forty seconds. I had recorded an MMC last night, which by the time you hear this was a couple of months old, uh, with Anthony Nesbitt about scumbag Jimmy Savile, and I had just consumed a lot of stuff about Savile documentaries and went down the rabbit hole. And I didn't want to watch Sleepaway Camp until I had finished recording with Anthony last night. So I'd done all that. Cleared my mind, went and had a pot of tea and uh, said to the wife, go to bed, going to watch a movie. Popped it on last night. Watched the film, absolutely hated it. Other was a pile of shit. But time, time was a bit kinder because had I done this like I normally do, which is watch it usually with about 45 minutes to an hour to spare before I record, this would have been a whole different review by myself. Yeah, from my opinion. But today I woke up and I thought, I need to find out more about this film. I didn't want to watch it again. So I went on the YouTube and saw a few of the explained videos that come with it, with the ending and just some other uh, plot points throughout. Mm-hmm. And changed my mind a little. It ain't, it ain't going up in the high scores, okay? But I don't hate it like I did last night. I've got a mm-hmm. bit more of an appreciation for it, but that I'll unpack as we go along. So time was the savior for Sleepaway <laughs> Camp this time around. So All right. If, if you're looking for the vitriolic hate you got with Crocodile Dundee, you're not going to get it in that sort of um, aspect. Well, that's good. Because that's an abomination to Australian culture. That's what that is. <laughs> so you did a deep dive into Jimmy Seville, and then you're like... Uh... Oh, here comes Artie the chef. This yeah, is uh... basically, yeah, basically, I'm like, oh god, I'm watching Jimmy Savile again. Jesus, can't I get away from these bloody people? 
Here's something new and refreshing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, at least somebody, you know, getting their comeuppance for it. Jimmy Savile didn't really. Well, he was beaten with the ugly stick all his life, but yeah, he did get away with a lot of <laughs> yeah, shit. That, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, did he get whacked with that stick. <laughs> but, and also I was saying to Eric as well, when you kept saying, oh, are you going to do sleepaway camp? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll watch it because I want to see all the tits. Well, <laughs> when I watch this, I go, well, these are all 13-year-old, 14-year-old kids. There ain't going to be no freaking tits in this movie. I hope not. Um <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it was it was an interesting one. Strange. I mean, yeah. let's let's call a spade a spade, man. He it's badly acted. It's oh, freaking yeah. awful oh, acting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the worst you'll see. It is. It's up there with uh, the room and just some other stinkers out there. But and like even like a lot of the people are you can almost forgive or say like oh I've seen acting like that and you know. Uh, an unlimited amount of trashy 80s horror films if not for that the mother or the aunt to angela oh, who Martha. single-handedly <laughs> derails the entire film she it's might like, be my favorite part of it she's in a different movie it seems like i think she's from a different planet <laughs> she seems like she's acting on stage where everything's over accentuated Mm-hmm. And she's projecting her voice for the person in the back row to be able to hear her. But you're on a film set, lady. You're talking to a couple of <laughs> teenage children. You're not speaking to a, an auditorium full of 500 people. Yeah. Yeah. And like the dialogue they give her too, because she always like repeats everything she says like to herself. She's constantly talking to herself and the children at the same time. Yeah. It's um, it's just odd acting. And that, she really put me off. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I had my I had my hand on the stop button. God, Stuart, please just keep watching. It. Stick with it, will you? <laughs> but uh, she uh, yeah. is something else. Um, yeah. Okay, let's. Uh, we'll get into the details here, and then we can start uh, really getting into sleepaway camp. Uh, directed and written by Robert Hilzik. Hilzik. Uh, the the camp that they filmed at uh, is in New York. It was a called uh, Camp uh, Algonquin, and he actually went to it as a kid. So he went to that camp, um, and I guess he wanted to relive some some good memories. I guess it's like a Porky's in the Woods, basically. <laughs> uh, starring Felissa Rose as Angela, or Peter. <laughs> Spoilers. Yeah, uh, mate, really. <laughs> Jonathan Tiersten as Ricky, Karen Fields as Judy, Christopher Collett as Paul, who you'd remember from the the Manhattan Project from uh, what eighty five, eighty six. No, nope. Mike uh, Mike Kellen was Mel. This was his last film appearance. He died just a, a few months after. Well, I guess he died in summer of eighty three before it was released because it was shot in the fall of eighty two, which. <laughs> You, you can tell right away, like the first shots, like everything's red and brown with the trees, and it's supposed to be like June or July at the latest. And you can like see the character's breath in one or two of the scenes because it's yeah, so cold. The timeline of the movie is kind of confusing because, like, like they do the opening scenes, and then like the next scene, they're like, "She hasn't talked in three days." 
Like, <laughs> what? Yeah. Is this not the same day that they <laughs> showed up? <laughs> uh, but Mike Kellen was known for uh, nothing. He was in uh, stage plays. He was a Tony nominated actor. Uh, so he was, you know, he did a lot of films and uh, theater. So he was kind of, I guess, the most well-known actor from this film. Well, he he was uh, Midnight Express, the jazz singer. Yeah, God told me to. Bloody hell! Those are his, uh, mm-hmm. He's known for. I don't know how big the roles were that he had in those movies, but. Okay. Midnight Express, he was probably one of the Turkish guards who arrested Brad Davis. <laughs> Is that who it was? Well, he played Mr. Hayes. It's been a really long time since I've seen that movie. I don't remember who Mr. Hayes was. It would be uh, the father of Billy Hayes. Man, Midnight, don't watch Midnight Express. It's an absolute wall of lies. <laughs> Read the book instead. It's yeah. way different. But yeah. Uh, Mike Kellen, uh, he died of lung cancer go figure because he's smoking cigars throughout the entire film was he wearing a was he wearing a wig in this movie too yeah it might have uh it looked like he was wearing a rug which was not even like the third worst thing like of his wardrobe (laughs) well he had the uh the calf high black socks with his khaki shorts and white shoes. <laughs> I like the big, uh, the green, the lime green pants, slacks at the end. He's going on his big date and he's, he's simping around going, where's Meg? Where's Meg? I want to get my ending. Where is she? I want that teenage pussy. Where is she, man? Uh, Paul D'Angelo is Ronnie. Uh, Thomas E. Van Dell as Mike. <laughs> Willie Cuskin as Mozart. Desiree Gould was Aunt Martha. Owen Hughes as Artie. Robert Earl Jones as Ben, who was James Earl Jones's father, if you didn't know. Yes. Uh, he was in plenty of things. He sounds just like him, too. He yeah, does. he did. Yeah. The Sting and Witness, Trading Places. Yes, long and storied career. Died at eight, uh, 96. Uh, James Earl Jones is what? He's about at least 91. He's in his 90s. Is he that old? He's, okay. Yeah, he's really up there. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine I when mean, James Earl Jones dies? He'd be giving his own eulogy. His voice is that good. It's like having a pre-recorded <laughs> one. Because no one else is going to sound as good as James Earl Jones. So yeah, you have pre-recorded Morgan eulogy, it, maybe. James lived a good life. He was a good man. And a good Disney father. will just Disney will just cherry pick lines he's already recorded and <laughs> splice them together like they do with their Star Wars characters. Well, they did it with Don Rickles for Toy Story Four. Did they? And then uh, what about uh, who's that guy that they put in the the one Star Wars movie, Rogue One? Uh, Peter was it Peter Cushing? Oh yeah, was he in that? Oh, he's yeah. Uh, yeah, he'd been yeah. dead for like yep. 20 years, and they're yeah. like, he's still going to be in the movie. Mm-hmm. They did it with Carrie Fisher in the last one, too. Yeah. It's like when they have concerts, you know, people who have died, and they have them projected onto a stage like Elvis and Ronnie James Dio. It's just ridiculous. Alec Guinness, too, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure he'd love that. <laughs> Isn't it sad they've got to go to dead people <laughs> instead of people who are living actors? 
and say, <laughs> you guys all suck. We need to re- rehash this dead image and put it back in the Star Wars film. Alan Breton as Frank the Cop with the mustache. <laughs> the very <laughs> real, real and mustache. Fake. It was a real mustache, for sure. <laughs> it was real at the beginning, fake at the end. Because he shaved it off. Couldn't grow it back in time. So mm-hmm. Groucho marked it. yeah it's awful (laughs) michael c mahan is hal you were giving way too much (laughs) into this cast yeah i think nobody do it um i don't even remember who hal was yeah that character all right who who was the camp counselor sorry Mulder. who was the camp counselor with the really tight shorts who looked like steve perry from ronnie That was oh, Ronnie. Ronnie. Yeah, wow. <laughs> that collection of short did, shorts is outstanding. Did not, did not leave much to the imagination. No. Talk about it by, um, what do you call it? An advertisement for the women who are watching the movies. Like, hey, look. Look what's here. It's all yours. He had a bodybuilding shirt on at some point, and I'm sure he brought that from home. Yeah. No, oh, He's yeah. working out in the background of one of the scenes. They just placed him in the center of the screen. Out of focus. You see him, he's like, yeah, I want them 14-year-olds. <laughs> he has the pivotal line at the end of the movie, though. He's yeah. the moral center of the film. He's always protecting Angela and trying to do what's right around camp. Angela! <laughs> so if you go spend some time alone with Artie in the kitchen. <laughs> Artie, what's your second name? Savile. Oh, shit. (laughs) Synopsis is, Angela Baker, a shy, traumatized young girl, is sent to summer camp with her cousin. Shortly after her arrival, anyone with sinister or less than honorable intentions toward her gets their comeuppance. So, sleepaway camp. Uh, Speaking of which, uh, Felissa Rose, I get to meet her in September when she comes to Crypticon. So I'm going to get a picture with her and have her autograph my Blu-ray. I'm pretty pumped for that. Nice. See pictures of her now? Yeah, She's 53 and looking fantastic. Damn. I was <laughs> went, I went, wow, she looks good. Ooh. Well, I love to jump on her bones. Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, uh, Stu, you might know who she's married to. Glenn Danzig. <laughs> Uh, not quite no uh so she is married to uh sorry uh, darren miller who is a vocalist and guitarist for cky i don't know if you're familiar with cky i know my they're not my okay thing yeah Yeah. but he's also in some uh death metal groups world under blood uh the Mm. band 96 bitter beans and the progressive metal band foreign objects nope okay none of those okay You you have an I don't know it's such a vast range of I guess I don't know there's, how to describe a taste of five million metal. bands out there man I can't know them all. There's well, you seem to. Well, I have a pretty good knowledge. Whip you, out, you whip out your junk every week, and there's like three new metal CDs in there. Well, there'll be more next week as well. <laughs> <laughs> like more, but yeah, um, no, but, yeah. Um, CKY rings a bell. I have heard them, but they just don't really do a great deal for me. Just yeah, they're sort of thing. mostly known because of the the jackass element. Uh, yeah, Bam's brother Jess is in the band, and they did those videos that music and stunts, and Bam was in the videos. And 
But yeah, I he, wonder if she was attracted to him uh, for the fact that the the C stands for camp. Just <laughs> ironic. I don't know. He uh he had, he sought her out. Uh, Sleepaway Camp was a favorite of his, and he uh, met her. I can't remember how they met, but he had a huge crush on her mm-hmm. for a good deal of his life, and then they met and fell in love, and the rest is history. I bet he was disappointed when he didn't get a sign game. I was going to say, I, better not, I don't want to give enough of the way. Just keep it quiet, Stuart. Don't say nothing. <laughs> he went, look, we're like, huh? Where, where? Where's your dick? Never thought I'd say this. Fuck that. Let me see your penis, dog. <laughs> uh. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> it starts out this is a perfect film for his mother, apparently. In fond memory of mom, a doer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, apparently she went and died and left him the money. That's a doer, is it? That's nice. It is. That's how uh, most of the film was financed. Yeah, I know. It's from her death, yeah. Well, to be fair, the, the director, his only directing credits are Sleepaway Camp and Return to Sleepaway Camp. Yeah. Back to the well, we call it. <laughs> yeah. uh, so... Uh, I love the title sequence. Uh, the music's great. I love that aesthetic. I love the font of the sleepaway camp. Perfect. It's like the, the whole the aesthetic of the whole film is right up my alley with early 80s slashers. Of course, um, you can say it borrows a lot from uh, Friday the 13th. But um, in the woods, yeah. Eric, in the woods of um, John's old boss, who we used to work with at Laser This Store. You reckon? You reckon it does? <laughs> Jeez, I wonder why. So in that opening credit sequence, it's showing like the camp, and then it's like closed down. Is that supposed to be like after the movie? And then we, I think so. Or are we supposed to say that's before? And then Mal buys it, and you hear, uh, I guess, quotes from the movie. It's just background noise, like people talking. Yeah, like the camp is empty, but like the audio is like the, the chatter of kids at the camp. Mm-hmm. The ghost of the camp. I didn't hear that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you hear one uh, dude say something uh, along the lines of, hit me with that water balloon, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> oh, I heard that. Oh, oh wow. Okay, there's something new. Okay. Yeah, I did hear that. Huh? I just didn't think nothing of it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a bunch of random yeah, chatter. I don't know if they just tack that on uh as a credit sequence, but uh yeah, I don't know. Because it goes from that to the lake where Peter and Angela are there with their gay dad <laughs> <laughs> in the in the water. Well, they're in a boat and then they flip the boat over. <laughs> you little schemers. So watching this again. They don't uh, throughout the entire film. They don't mention anything about her uh, Angela's mother, do they? Like she's dead, she's out of the picture. They don't say anything, right? No, they don't explain it. It's implied that uh, I think it's implied that the dad is gay with that guy who is at the beach with them. Hang on, Brett. Because two men roll around in bed doesn't mean they're gay. I mean that's a serious (laughs) implication, my friend. (laughs) Again, yeah, Rick. (laughs) <laughs> now now at this point we haven't seen that though there's just like one guy at the beach with another guy and his kid yeah it's like the guy's on the shore and he just kind of waves and like yells at him or something says something to him 
Yeah, so the, he wants him to come in, but there's uh, unless you think he's waving gaily. <laughs> they, they're all they're all lispy, is uh, <laughs> is the thing. Um. <laughs> but uh, he can't. They can't get out of the water because there's there's some damn teenagers water skiing, and uh, the one guy lets his girlfriend drive the boat. So we know where that's going. Oh, all right. <laughs> and they don't know how to turn a wheel left or right. Like, I don't care which way. You just turn it one way. Well, they were going to hit the shore if that boat wasn't there. Yeah. yeah. That teenage boy was thinking, oh, all right. I want me some of them flat titties and flabby tummy <laughs> later on. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> and those kids and that father were waist high in water. <laughs> Give me a break. I said, get walk out. You you waist high. And they go, Oh, come swim, come swim. It's like uh what was it, the the Edward Bride of the Monster with uh Bailey Lugosi with the octopus. Oh I'm being attacked by the octopus, oh this big rubber thing. It was just, <laughs> yeah, but anyway, suspension of disbelief, I get it. Uh Stu, we should also I, for, I forgot to ask you after okay, so after seeing the ending. Mm-hmm. Did you predict the ending? Did you see it coming? Is that a sexual jibe? Did I see it coming? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, cause honestly, it's hard to say because like you, you could yeah. say that, okay, yeah, I saw Angela being the killer, but no, 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 I don't honestly, think there's any way you could see her being uh, a boy. Um No, at the for most of the film I thought that the um Mel is it Mel? The guy, the older fellow. Mel's the old man. Yeah, the old man. I thought he was maybe the uncle or the father of Angela. Okay, and was protecting her. So I think I thought, but then I looked at the hands of the um, the killer. I thought, no, it looks like a (laughs) a young person, so it's not his. A lot of the time, I thought it was Ricky's. um, Yeah, which it was his. uh, His yeah, it was his hands used for those shots. Yeah. For those shots. Um, I did suspect later it might have been Angela, but not for the reason why. So did I pick, in a nutshell, did I pick the ending? No, I, I probably better the last two minutes. When I started thinking, ah, she won't share with the other girls. Why? She doesn't want to be touched by the boy. Why? Mm-hmm. I thought, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And then yeah. when you see the shot, the back shot of her when the um, Steve Perry looks at her, and calls her name, you um think ah that's what it is. But uh, man, I'd say that final image is fucking outstanding. <laughs> that final shot. I, I, props sure to the filmmaker for that. That is one wicked looking shot. <laughs> yeah, watching this again, uh, you know, like you and most people, I didn't, uh, I guess, figure out that Angela was Peter. But watching it a second time. Like I, I kind of find myself wondering why, why, why did I figure? Like it's so obvious, especially in the beginning, when the the Aunt Martha makes that big show about the, the physicals. Like yeah. I think I must have just missed that part. Yeah, because their acting distracted me so much that I wasn't. You even just paying dismiss attention. it. You just dismiss it because Aunt Martha is fucking crazy. <laughs> Here are these physicals, and don't tell anyone how you got them because they won't agree. No, no, they won't. Although she says she's a doctor too, so. yeah, yeah, 
but it's like why 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 even have that at a scene like why why do they need physicals for a summer camp but this is the whole question i wanted to pose to you too was this filmmaker doing this intently as some sort of cinematic genius or was the film so inept people just found that like plan nine from outer space so many boxes they could unravel or open up and there's more and there's more and there's more and there's more strictly by chance uh that's a good question i'm not really sure because it seems like this was almost like all the all the rage in the early 80s with the uh the gender bending because terror train was one year prior two years prior the 81 or 82 yeah something like that 81 and that had the gender bending um uh, killer uh what was another one don't be so cruel about jamie lee we don't know she might be a little woman <laughs> uh dressed to kill which we've yep. covered on the podcast oh yeah yep yeah. 1980 so there psycho. was several of them <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah psycho 2 was what 82 yeah um so there was there was a lot of that kind of stuff going on around uh this time so i wonder if he just kind of copied <laughs> a little plagiarizing <laughs> he did say he you know, it was inspired by his time as a as a youth at the summer camp, but I doubt there was a you know a killer with a a woman with a hog on her running around killing people. Unless he was romantic, he was he was involved with one back then. Didn't know and got a crying game moment and said, <laughs> yeah. "You know what? I can take this a step further and make it a killer." And you know, we'll see how we go from there. Maybe he was Angela. <laughs> could be yeah it could be it could be his uh, street name that's why he dedicated to his mom because his mom made him into angela she was a doer <laughs> she was yeah <laughs> <laughs> Maybe i don't know he was, I, yeah as, as far as like the the foreshadowing and clues and stuff as far as the like how to you know like putting clues in there to guess how the ending is gonna go i mean watching it having knowing what's gonna happen you can kind of see them but i have no idea if how intentional any of that was because like a a good portion of the movie it seems like he just kind of forgets about it and then they throw it in there at the end like oh isn't this a great twist like angela was a boy (laughs) the entire time like they filmed yeah. all the uh, slasher stuff first and then they're like what if the killer was actually a boy and then they went back and filmed the uh <laughs> the the opening scene in the lake and then all the aunt martha stuff because all that stuff is completely separate from the the main uh story yeah mm-hmm. and then the big reveal is like one of the few night scenes uh in the movie yeah, it was like they took those those gender bending horror movies and just combined them with Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, you know, it's like oh, everyone thinks it's a male and it's Mrs. Voorhees. Oh, it's a woman killer. Is it? Well, that's unique. Shit, he ruined it for me. Oh, I can't do that episode now. <laughs> I didn't know about that. <laughs> but stay tuned honestly, for that. Yeah, honestly, this film is one giant happy accident. I mean, that's mm-hmm. like two words I can put. It is happy accident. Yes, it, that's that's, it, that's a perfect description of it, and that's yeah. why I love it, Stu. <laughs> the thing um, about this film is that it's one of those ones where uh, you 
you watch it once and then every subsequent time you're watching it, but you're not watching because you're trying to find all the little hidden pieces in there, mm-hmm. yeah. which led me back to what I mentioned a couple of minutes ago was, was it all deliberately placed in there or was it people finding way more than what there really is? Uh, I mean, I will watch it again, which is shock horror. If you ever told me that 12 <laughs> hours ago, I would have said, you're out of your goddamn mind. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just, yeah, I'm just, I now want to see it again. Not tonight. I've got other stuff mm-hmm. to do, but I want to go back and say, oh, it's a game of, uh, you know, connect the dots. You, you, you yeah. join the dots right. until you finally lead to the one big piece of the puzzle. But you're probably finding more in what the, the more the filmmaker intended, um, which yeah. I'm sure he is not complaining about because people are still talking about this film nearly 40 years later for a low budget independent. Obviously the acting's terrible. There's terrible dialogue, but there's also yeah. some, this movie does have some really strong aspects to it. Uh, the aesthetic, you know, that's subjective. Some people will like it. Some don't. Like there's some really good practical effects in here. I like some of the deaths. Yeah, there's some really good, uh, you know, makeup and special effects work in here. Uh, also, the I think the the wardrobe department needs an award or something because that there is uh, there's a lot of great outfits in this film. They brought all their wardrobe from home. <laughs> yeah, they did. They generally brought yeah. just said bring your own wardrobe. That was it. Mm-hmm. So, that was my thought. Like the, these people brought these clothes from home. Like yeah. there's, but like okay, so not Ronnie, but the, well Ronnie definitely brought his. From well, home. yeah, but I meant like <laughs> the other. What are the other uh, counselors? One of the other bunks was Gino. Yeah, Gino. Gino he with had the that mesh crop, tank top. He had, yeah, oh. he had that. He had that crop top that looked like a bra. It, it was, was. It went so high. Yeah, it just went up to like his nipple, basically. I was like, he's just wearing like a sports bra for a while. But honestly, boys, you guys were not around. It was then. the manliest thing you could wear, wear back then. It was the eighties, especially like football. That was football, uh, football fashion. They were real things. Believe me, they were real mm-hmm. things. You know, like... that was the style for like ten years after that. Yeah, mm-hmm. throughout the eighties, I just picture like Brian Bosworth and like a lot of those old ladies football players. A lot of the, like the the mesh jerseys and everything's you know up to here and Ezekiel Elliott trying to bring it back but didn't really take. Well, he got fat, so it didn't really work out for him. Yeah, but the uh, fashion in this film is uh, certainly of its time. It's mm-hmm. very good. Uh, uh, what do they call it? Staple of yeah. what the early eighties were, without doubt. The hair, that's great. Um, the the score in here, I, I like the score. It's not, I don't think it's anything to uh, write home about, but I did enjoy it and I thought it was solid. It's not terrible. It's good. Yeah. yeah so I think everything just kind of fits together well. It's like there's certain things that are terrible, but it somehow works together with the good aspects of it. Like everything just kind of works together well, I think. Mm-hmm. For a film made on the budget that it was made on, it's um Yeah. It's it's solid. Angela was paid five thousand for her performance. This this was her first film too, so I wonder I'm guessing Mel he must have gotten more. He was the six thousand. Yeah. yeah, him and even <laughs> even Robert Jones, Robert Earl Jones, he must have gotten more. 
or around 5,000. He didn't have that big of a part, but no. His part just involved, oh, yeah, I'll get them all money. Yeah. <laughs> the pedophile's dead. Give me that more money. $50 a week? How do you turn that down? <laughs> Back in 83, they felt like 200 bucks. You wouldn't. And an extra fifteen dollars a week for the for the scrubs, <laughs> the illegal aliens, <laughs> basically. Yeah, it's yeah. all tax free. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure Mel is paying cash <laughs> under the table. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. All right, let's no... get to the first clip here. This is maybe Brett's favorite scene. This is Aunt Martha. Sending Aunt Martha is my to... favorite part of this movie, for sure. <laughs> Sending the kids off to camp. <laughs> Hurry, sweeties! We don't want to be late for the bus. Goodness, no. Well, that wouldn't do at all. Richard, Angela! Oh, here you are. Look what I did. I packed you and your cousin some goodies for the ride up to camp. Wasn't that nice of me? Hmm? Any chips? Why, of course. I believe there's a whole bag. Well, I'm almost sure of it. Angela, isn't there anything special my little girl would care for? Hmm? We gotta go, Mom. It's getting late. Why, of course you do, dear. We wouldn't want them to leave without us, now would we? No? No, I'm afraid that that wouldn't do. Come, children, let's be on our way. Now what? I believe that I've forgotten something. Now what can it be? Oh, I remember what it is. I knew I would forget. I just kept reminding myself. In fact, I tied a string around around my finger so I wouldn't forget. See? And I didn't. You never can be too careful. Oh. Well, what is it already? sounds like we have now officially found our female paul stanley if that is not based on paul stanley's stage raps from the 70s and i'm not here you're looking for someone but it's not kiss let me hear you people 
You're looking for somebody. Right. That's not Kiss. Yeah. <laughs> I think even Ricky, get, even Ricky gets uh, gets bored with Aunt Martha. Can you just like, what is it? Like, tell me what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, I won't tell. <laughs> Could you imagine that voice all day, every day? <laughs> Ricky, I packed your lunch. You got a ham and cheese sandwich. (laughs) You notice they never show Aunt Martha's husband. No, I I think he's killed himself. (laughs) (laughs) Could you imagine being in bed with her and trying to conceive a child? I'm trying to keep that term very clean. And her going, oh, yes, you are rather large, aren't you? Oh boy, there's a soft on there for you. Oh my god! I, actually, I I do remember in the opening lake scene, they ask if Ricky's coming to to play with them or whatever to visit, and uh, the dad says Ricky's at his dad's house this weekend, so he won't be around. So the husband obviously is separated from Aunt Martha. He, is, he doesn't go to another room. He goes to another house. Sort of get <laughs> they're, they're clearly divorced. <laughs> <laughs> it was probably Peter's good, dad's lover. And good for him getting out yeah. alive. Yeah. That's a voice that would turn a man gay, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can't have that, can we? No. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. <laughs> no, it drove Angela to murder. That's how annoyed she was. Mm. I mean, Angela is, uh, she was living as Angela for eight years at that point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Peter would have been five when he transitioned yeah. against his will. Okay. <laughs> if, if Felissa Rose was 13 at the time of filming as well, which was pretty uncommon for films of, of the 80s with those uh, teenage slashers, they usually had 18 to 25 25 year year olds olds. (laughs) playing you know the high schoolers and they had a bunch of you know underage people playing it even with the with the rules Mm -hmm. kind of prohibits how long they can act the only time they actually did it was in friday the 13th part two when they got that uh woman who wound up going crazy what was it mark martha i forgot her second name she played the young one she was 17 at the time and Mm. um yeah they actually filmed nude shots of her a nude sex scene and they had to cut that shit quick because they just found out oh uh, yeah. yeah so that's when it backfired then so i said right now you better be over 18 you can play a 15 year old we don't care but you better be over 18 we don't need the headache well speaking of underage we can get into Artie the <laughs> chef here that uh, brings us to our next clip we are introduced to uh, the cooking staff of the camp specifically Artie the head chef Fresh chicken. Where I come from, we call them baldies. Makes your mouth water, don't it? Artie, they're too young to even understand what's on your mind. Then, good buddy, there ain't no such thing as being too young. You're just too old. (laughs) Ted Nugent. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, man. man. Imagine saying that to your coworkers, and it's just out in the open. 
Imagine just like unbelievable doing mm. this to your coworkers. Oh, it's no big deal. Ha 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 ha. No big deal. Yeah. Robert Earl Jones, his character's name is Ben. And he just thought that was the funniest thing ever. <laughs> First couple of times I, I saw this movie, I didn't realize how sexually Artie was sucking on that wheat or that piece of grass. <laughs> noticed it uh, a lot this time it was that was maybe more disturbing than what he was saying i guess coupled with what he was saying that was that was pretty disgusting he's like playing with like it's his dick or something you know bouncing up and down oh boy i can't say i noticed that already he was it's like one of the best uh it's most justifiable homicide well it's not a homicide he doesn't die but he gets his comeuppance i was gonna say he survives doesn't he yeah um speaking of which i think so i think he was still alive when they took him in the ambulance i do i uh, brett i got all the clips you wanted but i added an extra one and it it's regarding uh Artie's condition <laughs> after he's burned <laughs> we'll get that uh, we'll get to it when we get to it uh everyone's getting acclimated to their bunks everyone's meeting their counselors and whatnot well paul's got news about judy <laughs> for ricky <laughs> yeah <laughs> You're expecting you seen Judy Double D can. She turned around. She had fucking fried eggs, man. It was what the hell? Like I was being tough on a, a teenage kid, so I shouldn't be like that. But <laughs> still, don't go. You know, sort of uh, amplifying the fact that she's going. Oh god, she's going to be smacking herself out every time she runs. But yeah, yeah. Uh, Judy was hilarious. Uh, you reckon? Oh I, lo- mm. I, lo- I love. I love. I love her shirt too. That just says Judy. <laughs> she just has a shirt that says Judy. That was a common thing as well back in the eighties. I'm telling you now, people to have their names on a t-shirt, which uh, was really a magnet for the uh, pedophiles out there because they go, "Oh hi, Judy. I know your mum and dad. Want to take a ride with me? Uh, uh, me and Jimmy and Artie." <laughs> yeah, so they. <laughs> So you had a shirt with Stuart on it or what? No, no, didn't need to. I just had the Incredible (laughs) Hulk or something. (laughs) So Angela still hasn't said a word. She doesn't even speak until about 31 minutes in to the film. Yet everyone's still trying to talk to her, but Judy and Meg, uh, they're not too impressed with Angela right away. Well, like they're in the cafeteria and Angela's not eating. And this is where they said, uh, they call Ronnie over or whatever. She says, uh, Angela's not eating and she hasn't said anything in three days. But it was like immediately after the first day of camp. So this is where the timeline kind of gets fuzzy for me. He should have started singing, Oh, Sherry. And then she would just scream, Shut up, make it stop. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't stop believing. People love that song. What's not to love? (laughs) (laughs) Steve Perry is in there. He's in the movie. You got to have a song. Yeah. You should have had uh, O.N.G. instead. Uh, There wasn't a Journey shirt. However, there was a Blue Oyster Cult shirt. Yeah, there was. Yeah. There was another. What other band shirt was there? Uh, Asia. Asia. (laughs) I'm like, yes. Asia. (laughs) Right on. (laughs) Love me some Asia. (laughs) <laughs> and there was a clash poster on the wall as well of combat rock which was new at the okay. time so it was pretty cool i did see a, a fun fact about angela 
having Dr. Frankenfurger on her bag, like in her first scene. Uh, you know, transvestite. Oh from my Rocky god, Horror another show. Another clue. Wow. Another, holy another shit. clue. That didn't, this I guy's didn't a catch genius. <laughs> Dropping hints the whole movie. We're yeah. just too dumb to figure it out. Movie's too smart for us. That's the problem. It's 40 years ahead of everybody, I'll tell you. Just, just slapping your face with these clues and if you <laughs> if you don't see them the first time around, it's you're the dumb one. <laughs> it's like the people who watch Troll 2 over and over and over and over and they keep finding new things. This guy who made the film is just going, it was a piece of shit, but hey, if you want to find things, go ahead. <laughs> you keep you talking about the movie. first Troll. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, the first time I saw Neil Bog, I said, uh, it's Goblin backwards. It goes, Neil Bog, it's Goblins. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, yeah, Angela's not eating. And Ronnie, being the nice guy that he is, he <laughs> brings her back into the kitchen and suggests that Artie show her something in the pantry. Maybe he has some ice cream or something something tasty for her. <laughs> Yeah, let's let's go to the walk-in, says Artie. <laughs> See what's in there. And then he immediately starts undoing his belt. <laughs> Just no, she's not worried about, you know, one of the illegals coming in and catching him or anything like that. Sorry, one of the undocumented <laughs> coming in to catch him in the act. Are they going to say anything anyway? No, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's an open secret. So, like, <laughs> literally. <laughs> He was just talking about it with his coworkers like the day before. <laughs> about yeah. how he wants to bang all the underage chicks. Especially with this being filmed in New York in the early eighties. I'm surprised this wasn't a Weinstein production. You know, after they you know they churned out the burning. <laughs> or a Joel Schumacher <laughs> film as well. <laughs> Man, let me some little boys. <laughs> like Corey Haim, the love of my life. <laughs> So Angela's in the process of being insulted, except Ricky comes in and saves the day. Yeah, he didn't he see just, nothing. He just happens to fall, man. And then he's like talking to, was he talking to Mel in the, uh, he's talking to somebody back in the kitchen, Artie is, as he's put, putting his belt back together, <laughs> buckling his belt back up. <laughs> And then Angela and Ricky come up. Yeah, they're sprint, they sprint out of there, and Mel says, what happened? Artie goes, I don't know. I must have scared him, I guess. <laughs> it's like, who would have seen this coming? Nobody. He was such a nice guy, this Artie guy. I would have never guessed. You know? Drinking beer as he's working throughout the day. That's, uh, <laughs> it's a middle high life in each, in each shot. You notice in that kitchen, they had all the, uh, the sticky tape hanging from the ceiling and it was just like a hundred percent covered and and uh fly uh <laughs> flies <laughs> there are a lot of flies just buzzing around too it's mm-hmm. such a disgusting area to, to prepare <laughs> food in and all they're making is corn i guess <laughs> on top of how many people how many uh underage girls already already raped in that walk-in yeah, yeah. <laughs> wait wait so- wait wait so the corn is a metaphor for corn hauling. Oh my god, this guy's a genius! <laughs> See, Stu, this is why we do these episodes. We, we learn something 
as we discuss this, it with other this, people. This may be the greatest movie I've never found out until last open, night. Open your mind to, <laughs> you know, <laughs> different points of perspective. You know, yeah, different points That's of it. view. Yeah. All right. Uh, so yeah, uh, he's uh, putting the corn in the in the pot. He needs a, a stool because apparently he can't just toss him in over the top. He has to. Well, he was he was checking to make sure it was boiling, and then he was yeah. putting salt in there. I suppose. And, uh, it was a, a very large bat or a vat. Mm-hmm. He sees the assailant. He sees the killer. What are or you doing here? Killer. It's like what everyone says. <laughs> what are you doing here? Oh, I know you. <laughs> I know you from 10 minutes ago when Ronnie brought you in the, <laughs> to get candy bar. <laughs> uh, then some very strong, manly hands uh, grabbed the chair. Although... I must say, I know it's Ricky's uh, hands, the, the actor who played Ricky, mm. but it looked like uh, watching it this time, you know, I found out it was uh, Ricky after the fact, but it seemed like it was almost like Ronnie's arms. They looked, you know, the veins were popping. It looked like some strong arms. You know, he had man hands. Yeah. It was this, off. this first one looked very masculine with the hands. It seemed like they had different hands for the, <laughs> the later kills. Yeah. Should have been gloves. Yeah, that would have been gloves to disguise it. That way you go, I don't don't know who the hell this is. He should have been the first AD to kind of rein in Hiltzik, you know, kind of rein in his ideas. Or just don't show the hands. Yeah. There's that too. Uh, I do like the little effect of him falling over and the the vat falling over on top of him. That That was shot pretty well. They looked pretty good. Yeah. And then the uh, the third degree burns on his face after the fact was great too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a good effect. Yeah, very good. They uh, used a pump to pump in some some gelatin in and out of those blisters to kind of make it pulsate. Which uh, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street stole later on with one of the Freddy films where his face was pulsating. I think it was mm, yeah three or four. I can't remember. Uh, so here's a, just a little clip I grabbed. So this is as they the paramedics are taking Artie out of the kitchen. Uh, this is what the, kind of like the head medical examiner, I guess, is talking to Mel and Ronnie. I'm afraid I don't carry a sedative strong enough to mask the kind of agony he's in right now. Every nerve in his body must feel like it's on fire. What's the prognosis, Doc? Well, he's badly burned all over, especially his face. How about his eyes? Too early to tell. Jesus, pain must be incredible. Poor guy must be going crazy. Hmm? Yeah, if he's lucky. Look, can we move this along, please? <laughs> Dialogue written at 3 a.m. in the morning. He's like, oh, I'm going to fill this bit in. <laughs> What's the prognosis? <laughs> well, he's burned very badly. <laughs> he probably feels like his whole body's on fire. <laughs> I like how Melly's just like, can we just move this along? <laughs> Next thing is like, oh, we don't need to, to tell the kids about this. Campers yeah. need not know about it. There's an ambulance there and he's a, a score of paramedics around and there's all the <laughs> camp counselors there. But nothing to see here. Much like Artie's. Right. Yeah, indiscretions, nothing to see here. Oh, yeah. that poor guy. That poor guy, Artie. <laughs> Feel so bad for Artie. <laughs> you know what they should have done? 
They should have said, what's a prognosis? His face is badly burned, but his dick's been burnt off. Or it's yeah. <laughs> severely Would damaged. have been true justice. Yeah. Would have been. Poetic, at least. Mm-hmm. Where does it go from there? The uh, Mozart doing sit-ups with the uh, towel <laughs> crosses? <laughs> <laughs> Due to that jar some memories? Did you do some mind over seen, matter when you were a kid? Never seen that before in my life. Never I saw never that prank? No. Usually, okay, I, I've never seen it outside of this movie with, with the towel over, uh, just the towel over the eyes, like a blindfold. Because hmm. usually it's, where they do is they, they put like a finger on the center of your chest, saying like, oh, just this uh, point of pressure on the center, you know, found like your center of gravity. You know, you can't push up against it. That's supposed to be what it is. And so you, you think, well, you know, I can just push up against somebody's little finger. It's no big deal. And then you got an ass in your face, you know. Well, I, I haven't seen it in in real life, uh, but they do the blindfold thing because it's a surprise. Otherwise, you see the asshole coming. Yeah. No, I think everyone is blindfolded, but that was this was the only thing. Like, they aren't really holding them down. Oh, well, I don't know if they're holding him down with the towel or. He's what, supposed to but, try uh, and you know thrust him his chest and yeah. his head forward. There's nothing. All he does is the the blindfold on him. Yeah, you Americans get some weird things. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of pranks in this movie. You know, you got the the shaving cream one later. <laughs> he takes out a knife and tries to stab. Him. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was just joking. I think that was for real. I think that kid actually pulled a knife on everybody. <laughs> Get me out of this movie! I can't take it no more. They didn't. They didn't plant that knife. That was his knife that he brought from home. Well, there was a fun fact about that kid, and they said he was being bullied literally during the filming of this movie, and one of the actors playing the counselor counselors had to step in. I'm not surprised. I mean, he was the only kid with glasses, so uh, you know. Yeah, and with uh, uh, when they're playing softball or baseball. He's in the outfield. He's playing on his calculator. He's playing a game. Yeah. <laughs> you remember that? So growing up, like I remember having one of those, what do you call those calculators? Those, uh, what a graphing, gra- graphing, graphing, cal- graphing calculator. Like you needed one for algebra or algebra two or something like that. Uh, but it was one of those things where it's like, you get one of those graphing calculators and somebody had a special one that was a little bit older or a different model. And he could play games on that phone or on that, uh, on that graphing calculator, you know, mine, I, I guess I could never figure it out or I didn't have the right one, but that was a little bit of an older one. Cause I remember that being a thing. Was that a thing, Stu? People playing games on their calculators. Not so much calculators. We had little handheld devices here back when I was, Still in primary school, so probably about 81, 82 was a big thing where we'd have uh, Donkey Kong was one. There were a, a thing that flipped open, so there were a, a two-screen thing. So you had Donkey Kong, uh, Oil Panic, uh, Greenhouse was another one. We had to go up, climb up and kill all the bugs or something. And I think the other one was Donkey Kong Jr. There was four, and they were huge. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we had uh, that was pretty big here too. Those handheld devices are just a single game. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how to describe the the graphics on it. It was almost like awful. Just yeah, it was all it's just pre- dots. 
<laughs> just just, just, just fucking dots. It was, you know, <laughs> predetermined little animations. Yeah. A lot of it, it was usually sides, sometimes side scrolling, sometimes not. It would just be like a different scene, but yeah. It was hard to, it was like a Game Boy before Game Boys, but a really terrible one. And they go for a fortune now, those things. You couldn't give them away back in the late 80s when the consoles started coming in. Yeah. People were just throwing them out in yeah. the street in their, in their front yard or giving them away. Now they go for hundreds of dollars. I thought, okay. I mean, you're buying memories. I still have any at home. That's crazy. Yeah. We had at least is. a dozen, if not about 20 of those. Well, I was at a record fair the other day on uh, Saturday. And I was, you know, walking around and was full of the usual vinyl zombies in there. And um, I was looking through some in there. I thought, I used to own this as a teenager. 90 bucks? Are you kidding me now? <laughs> I bought it for 10 when it was brand new. But again, you, you're buying memories. So that's what that really is. Same with the video games. I mean, if you, t- if you come to me now and say, oh man, Atari truly is the innovative console. Piss off. It's a pile of garbage. But which one? There's Any about Atari, five different the whole... Ataris. <laughs> Missile Command. Um, all no, the, the different consoles. You know, there's so many different models. Oh, I don't play games a great deal. But tell <laughs> me, if you tell me Atari is better than what a PS4, PS5 is oh. now or an Xbox One, <laughs> you are off your rocker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You Pong. It, you know, they, they peaked with the first one. Pong is the be-all, yeah. end-all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that first wave frogger game after that it was all that's why they chucked all the other games into the landfill because nothing else could compare to that first wave frogger game along <laughs> with et uh, oh yeah <laughs> but um, that controller with the dial and one button not even a joystick that was the the epitome of video games yeah <laughs> actually i don't know if you're going to cut this eric but i'm going to say it anyway my uncle, my uncle, who was a nut job, uh, God rest his soul, created an actual video game. No one ever saw it. He never tried to market it. And he called it, uh, his name was Jerry, and he called it Jerry's Abortion. And what it was, it was actually a pair of female legs opening and closing, and he had to slide the coat hanger in while the legs were open. <laughs> I said, this is what the fucked up family of us. <laughs> what year was this? Free- oh, this is like 80... 80- Shit. <laughs> 1980, 81, maybe. <laughs> and that phrase, you can pick your friends, but you can't pick your family. I tell you, it never rang so true as it did with that. <laughs> God, man. And that was like a floppy disk, you know, those little things you used to stick in your computer. <laughs> wow. Unreal. <laughs> Something about Stu and his family today. It's like oh, the monsters. Yeah. Rob Zombies, the monsters ain't got monsters ain't got shit on some of my family members. <laughs> One of our listeners is probably already programming that on a mobile app right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I shouldn't laugh. I really shouldn't laugh. Maybe that's the reason why Roe v. Wade got overturned. Somebody got a hand a hold of that game and said, this has got to stop. This is too much. <laughs> we need to market this, but we need to market. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yes. All right. Well, 
where do we get to next? I guess the, the softball game. I guess, uh, Brett, did you ever have a calculator that played games? Yeah. Yeah, in uh, junior high or high school, for sure. What, what game? What kind of game? Was it like, was it Tetris? Was that? Yeah, I think okay. Tetris was one. There was one where, like, you had to sell drugs. I forget what it was called. <laughs> was it like a GTA 1 or something? Oh, um, was that called... I used to play on the computer at work. Um, oh, yeah. Anyway, I can't remember. <laughs> I remember making about eight and a half million bucks in ten minutes. It was just all <laughs> PCP and heroin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It must have been older because I remember you could sell quaaludes still. So, was, uh... <laughs> <laughs> what was the uh, old game from the eighties, an early nineties computer game? Was it Larry? Larry the Lover? What was the game where you'd walk around trying to hook up with girls? You think? Are you thinking Leisure Suit Larry? Yeah, Leisure Suit Larry. I never played that, but I remember. Oh, I remember my uncle had that one of those it. games. Did you ever play that, Stu? I've never heard of it. I've got to hear about it though. It was a little similar to the GTA, but you just walk around trying to hook up with girls. Like you go to a bar or something like that, and there'd be like commands. You know, there'd be prompts. And you'd have to give certain responses and depending on the responses you gave, you know, you either sealed the deal or you didn't <laughs> try to go home with a girl. And you're and I think sometimes you take off like her top. Maybe you'd see a selling bra. I don't can't remember if there was actual like, you know, eight bit graphic nudity at all. It was probably just shitty uh, animation uh, with the. Uh, no, bra and panties. <laughs> a big, a big dot for an areola. <laughs> <laughs> a block, <laughs> square block. There wasn't a hot coffee patch for that game, <laughs> like on uh, San Andreas. You know. <laughs> Luckily, we just have GTA Five now, where you can just go to real strip clubs and they get naked. But it's just, it just looks shitty compared with the rest of the game G- gta 5 which came out like 10 years ago now yeah there yeah there was you talk about the coffee patch where is san andreas you could have sex with some girl or whatever well they uh somebody hacked it so that uh like like in the game you could like go on dates and then invite the girl in for coffee yeah and then they, that was code for having sex with her and then they mm-hmm. would show it from outside the house and like the house would shake and shit <laughs> <laughs> but somebody hacked it so like it would actually go inside the house with them and like it was like a porno in the game and mm-hmm. uh I, forget, they, I think they took that that gameplay option off the game because of that in mm-hmm. future releases like they i don't know if they recalled the the ones that were on the shelves but uh after a certain point in time like they didn't even like let you do that anymore because somebody hacked it to, to add that patch to it. Did they have uh, Gay Tony? Is that the game? Is it the GTA mm-hmm. game? It was, uh, I think that was like a uh, spinoff of the Vice City series. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wasn't sure which mm-hmm. one it was. Pretty sad, isn't it? <laughs> Three grown ass <laughs> men talking about video games. <laughs> Well, we're the demo now. No, none of the uh, Gen Zers play console games. Yeah. yeah, they watch people play console games on Twitch. That's what I, they do. I have said for ages. I even tell my children this, my my sons. I say, any any man 
on YouTube or Twitch who is playing video games above the age of 18 for little kids, call the fucking cops because there's something wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just <laughs> odd. You know, go ahead and do something with your life instead of sitting in a basement playing <laughs> video games. <laughs> Oh Some of those people of... have tens of thousands of people watching them, watching them play video games. What does that say about society, Eric, when you have to <laughs> physically watch somebody playing a game and that's your form of it? That is how you are spending your precious life you've been given watching a, a human, another person playing a video game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That'd be like somebody watching this recording. <laughs> <laughs> kind and of they're going oh what's on Stuart's jumper oh it's um oh it's that really cool Dracula one he bought back in 1991 it still fits him oh wow yeah that's how I'm going to spend my day <laughs> talking about that yeah back in 91 huh yeah 91 no even earlier 31 I think. years ago well yeah. there's uh there's cable channels who have uh bought uh broadcast rights for esports too uh, I believe ESPN is one of them, which is uh, professional video games. Yeah, there's a... <laughs> as a spectator sport. If Minneapolis has a team. It's it's video games as a spectator sport, and they play it on ESPN. Minneapolis has a team. Rocker, I think it's called. Think that reminds me that that documentary I've got on the shelf there. Have you ever seen one called Air Guitar Nation? <laughs> No. Never heard of it? Oh, my God. It's literally an air guitar world championships held in Finland or something. (laughs) (laughs) Contestants, competitors from all around the world, they literally fly and just do air guitar. You've got to watch that documentary. It's outstanding. (laughs) That sounds kind of familiar, but I've never seen it before. Oh, so good. God. The stuff people get paid to do, and then, you know, I still got to go to work every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we were <laughs> here. We are thinking, hey, we're gonna make millions doing podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> you dumb bastard! What an idiot! I just wasted twelve years for shit. And haven't done. A... Oh my god! Well, you're well on field. your way, Stu. As you know, I, I donated to your cause the other you day. Were I tipped you. Very generous, Eric. I was stunned. I'm like. I thought oh, I didn't have the glass on. I said, "Oh, Eric's donated four bucks." Oh no, it's not four bucks. Oh shit, <laughs> it's a lot more than that. So yeah, very. Yeah, thankful. You, speaking of which, why don't you plug that right now with the Midnight Movie Cowboys podcast? Well, we've got a uh, Ko-Fi Ko-Fi Coffee account. Yeah, what is Ka- yeah, Ko-Fi? I was like, "What the fuck is Ko-Fi?" I've heard it mentioned on um, a, poc- uh, a, um, a YouTube channel, actually. One that's actually a good one, a music one. And the guy is on there, says, um, hey, you've got a Ko-Fi account. And what it is, uh, they don't take any fees, so you don't lose anything from it. They don't take a, a percentage at all. And you just basically set up an account with them. Uh, you link it to your PayPal. And people can just do a one-off donation of whatever they want. Or they can do a recurring monthly one of $3, $4, whatever they want. It's up to them. They choose the denom- denomination. And, um, yeah, it just comes to you, and you just earn a few bucks. So it's similar to Patreon, but does Patreon take a cut? Yes. 
Patreon okay. takes a cut, and that's the reason why we did. We do have a Patreon account, but um, when I did some digging around the other day, and I was speaking to Hunter and John, I said, "Look, Ko-Fi become it is the best alternative for us to raise a few bucks." And you know, we also discussed about possibly doing a uh, you know bonus episode that the people who do donate will get the link to the private YouTube video. And you know, give them a bit of a bit of an incentive and a bit of a reward, saying, "Hey, thanks for donating uh, in these tough times for everybody." You know, here's a uh, two-hour discussion we had about whatever, or we just freeform something and just spoke for a few hours with uh, Garrow or whoever, and just say, "Look, you know, your money's not going to nothing." Here's this. So, um, and I did think about doing the monsters like that, but I know damn well I'm gonna get shot down. <laughs> so I'd be like, "You are not doing that shit just for that." That's yeah, <laughs> That's, nah. And I wouldn't. It's gotta be available to everyone. It has to be, yeah. Otherwise, it'd be freaking rights. <laughs> not. But that's what it is, basically. Um, yeah, ours is uh, ko dot fi dot com forward slash midnight movie cowboys, and um, yeah, just go there and donate a few bucks. And as I said um, in the announcement I made last night, which was about two months ago, because Eric's <laughs> throwing my timeline way the hell out. Uh, it's basically it's all in Australian dollars as well, because I will be handling the payments for the audio and the zoom account from now on and um yeah so basically if, if you donate four or five australian dollars a month it's actually not five us dollars it's a lot less than that it's not five great british pounds it's a lot less than that it's only about three pounds or something it's only about three uh 50 euro so it's uh because of the obviously the variation of the dollar but yeah, it all it all adds up, you know, and um, to the ones who have donated, it's it's been nice. It's been very very thankful and very appreciative. It really does add up every buck. You know, if we can get them in, they they cover the audio and the video for the month. Hey, great! And anything on top of that, we can get software programs. We can keep adding and adding because some programs are free out there. Some you got to pay for. So yeah, yeah. Got to pay for the website to host. Yeah, yeah. There's, yeah, there's all that as well. You got to pay for pay for Zoom. Yeah. So really, four five bucks a month from people, you're not going to miss it. If you just do it as a recurring payment, you ain't going to miss it. It's literally it's literally a cup of coffee, maybe even less than what a cup of coffee is at some places. And um, what you're doing is helping us out, and we can keep going because we really love doing the MMC and. Um, don't want to have to forego one for the other because we just can't afford it. You know, and mm. we're all, you know, married men. We're all parents in uh, the three of us. About to be. <laughs> yeah, and you're about to be. So, yeah, that's that. All right. Well, let's get back to sleepaway camp. I think we're at the softball game now. Yes. I could play a short little clip of uh, just a little example of the trash talk that's going on between these kids. Eat shit and die, Ricky. Eat shit and live, Bill. Yeah, Bill, get a little wet. Come on, Bill. That was the biggest laugh for me for the whole movie. Was eat shit and live, Bill. <laughs> you know, have you guys ever seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part Two? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I love it. Okay, right. 
So you know that part when uh, Leatherface's brother, Bill Mosley, is scratching his head with a coat hanger? That was mm-hmm. me after I heard that line. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck did this kid just say? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't using my finger. I was literally getting a coat hanger and just going, what <laughs> is this kid talking about? I mean, that he is, is right. It, it probably it? would be worse to eat shit and live versus eat shit and die. Well, after the vine, he did. Pink flamingos. He shouldn't boy. live, Bill. <laughs> and Bill's out there in his Daisy Dukes. The, <laughs> yeah. the, the, the a lot of Daisy Dukes in here. Cut off short shorts. One of them's wearing a neckerchief. Yep. <laughs> I thought it was funny that all the little kids are kicking the shit out of the older kids in baseball because the winning team, they're all, nobody's over 13 and everyone else on the other team seems like they're a senior in high school. The game seemed like the kids were <laughs> destined to win. It's like, let these kids win. It doesn't matter. They're only little kids. So where they all throw, I don't know much about baseball. Uh, whatever you want to call the game. I don't know. But the throw it underarm like that, you basically... Uh, softball, yeah, that's right. Is it a softball? Yeah, it's it's different. softball, yeah. Is that the difference, underarm, is softball, is it? Yeah. So, softball, they pitch underarm and the ball is bigger. Oh, okay. But other than that, it's pretty much the same. Okay. The same rules, yeah. Different ball, different pitch. Did they change pitchers after every hitter? Because I swear Bill pitches to Ricky and then somebody yeah. else is pitching the next batter. Also, you're, uh, the pitcher is closer to the batter than in a normal baseball game okay yeah softball has a smaller field because it's usually played by women Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) but angela didn't play so that brings up the trends in sports debate doesn't it (laughs) she would have dominated right (laughs) it would have been an unfair advantage (laughs) (laughs) actually uh I rewatched uh, Ladybugs a couple weeks ago, and uh, I think that was a pretty good experiment to see how boys fare against girls in sports. Is that the one with Roddy Dangerfield? Yeah, <laughs> the Roddy Dangerfield. <laughs> I've never seen it, but I could only imagine what he was saying. He, that. he he coaches a girls' soccer team that's sponsored by his uh, company, and uh, like his promotion rides on the team winning the championship, but they're like all brand new and they never played soccer before. Yeah. So he gets his girlfriend's son to dress as a girl and be on the team. And he just dominates. (laughs) 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 Who would have thought ladybugs would actually be a premonition three decades later. What's going on now? And what's even funnier is at the end, uh, they have a, a boys like baseball team on a bus to a tournament and Ronnie is uh, coaching them too. And like, they get ready to get off the bus and they all just put wigs on. Cause it's a girl softball tournament. <laughs> the whole team is boys. <laughs> Speaking of wigs, I don't know if we're jumping too far on the timeline here. Um, but we spoke earlier on about the HD presentation of this. Mm-hmm. And we get a shot just before Judy's death, which was a very inventive, may I say. <laughs> with the, uh, you don't see it, but you you are basically, you work out for yourself the, where that hair color is going. Yeah. yeah, you get the silhouette. Yeah. But 
you do see a figure in the doorway. And this is where the HD version of the film gave it away. I said, I know that face. That's Ricky with a wig. (laughs) Ricky with a wig, basically. Um, Which makes me think, was that planned that way for people to go, oh, there's Ricky in a wig. So we'll throw another red It's got to be just the HD. Yeah. You reckon? Yeah. UK transfer from the original negative and, you know, for damn sure the VHS, you're not going to be able to make that out. That that's Ricky. No. Uh, I'm guessing even the you know, the 35 millimeter, you're not going to be able to see it that great either. So is this where VHS nuts out there go? Aha! I told you VHS is better because your <laughs> film is not ruined because the quality is so piss poor on tape. You don't know who it is from the silhouette you're seeing. <laughs> damn with that 1080p shit. <laughs> Yeah, well, this is you know a, a perfectly fine film to watch on VHS, I would say, but not like the fall. I'll take my two K transfer on Blu-ray. Yeah, yeah. This isn't something that you you're, you're missing the anamorphic lens on this, you know. Mm. <laughs> like when I watched the fog with my mate down that Saturday afternoon, he goes, "Is your TV on?" I said, "It's on." It's just the tape is so bad we can't see a damn thing. <laughs> One of the worst things I've ever seen on video. You're talking about uh, Tom Atkins and Jamie Lee Curtis in bed together? Is that what you're talking about? Just the whole movie was just pitch black. I couldn't <laughs> see a thing. That's probably the one thing you could see. And it's like, oh, I could have done without that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's as disturbing as uh, Halloween 3 season of The Witch when Tom Atkins is really sucking on those nipples hard in that love scene. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> it gets very uncomfortable. Well, well, you know, if you if you can, why not? He's about thirty years older than her. You don't care. You don't care. You know she was getting tickled by that mustache too. <laughs> well, it was either that or Woody Allen. She goes back to. So, you know. <laughs> You're going Tom Atkins anytime <laughs> over paranoid little Woody Allen. Going, do you, do you have a bigger one than me? Mm, do you, yeah. Mm. <laughs> Uh, all right, where are we at now? I have no idea. Uh, I think the next one, the next note I have is when Angela gets invited to go skinny dipping. That's our next clip. Yeah, everyone, everyone's at the at the canteen. Uh, I it's, guess uh, that's another question I should pose to you too. Did you ever go to a sleepaway camp, which is just an old timey term for summer camp? No, I don't know if it's the same no. kind of thing in Australia. No, no camp where you go and you you sleep because you're away from home so it's sleep away oh is that what it means i had no idea i did i did go to a summer camp that was you know because some summer camps are one or two months long kids gone the whole summer basically jeez gives the gives the parents you know a lot of time to do fuck all you know (laughs) (laughs) Uh, oh fuck (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh, i went to one that was about a week. They got really mm-hmm. sick, actually. I think it was from poison ivy. They did get poison ivy, but I can't remember if that's what led to my sickness because I also had, I don't know if it was a cough, but like a fever, and I was throwing up. It was probably from the poison ivy, but yeah, I had, I had to leave camp early. My mom had to drive uh, four or five hours to come pick me up uh, a couple Jeez. of days before the camp ended. I didn't want to leave. 
You want to spread yeah. that poison ivy around. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I'm going to suffer, so are you lot. <laughs> no, but no, never did one of those sorts of things. We had um, on the school holiday break, uh, dad would be at work, so would mum. So my brother and I would go to the YMCA. And don't you dare go into a village people song about it. <laughs> but we would go to the YMCA and we would spend all day there. Whether I liked it or not, uh, you know. It's fun to stay there, is what I've heard. Oh, boy. Okay, leave <laughs> meeting. Okay. <laughs> no, I, I didn't. Yeah, look, it was okay. But when you're 12, 13 and you really got nowhere to go, you, know, you can't stay home at that age on your own with your brother. Um, yeah, that's about the closest thing, but actually going away from home for that period of time over the holidays, no, no. Um, yeah. I've done camp, school camps, which go for about three or four days, but not a month or two. Okay, on. so you and all your classmates go somewhere, camp out. Yeah, done that before. Learn the ways of the woods, survival skills, things yep. like that. Learn about nature. We nursed a sick bird back to health. I know that much we did. Oh, there you That's go. Good. Yeah. It's dead now, but you helped it then. <laughs> hey, I gave a few extra good years of flying life. So Yeah. Some of those birds live forever, though. Like, don't parrots live for 100 years? I suppose. Like, like the, the macaws? Is that what they're called? I don't know. Whatever birds people keep for pets. <laughs> Like parakeets, uh, budgerigars, parakeets maybe. I don't know. I don't know. The only the only summer camps I ever went to were uh, basketball camps, but they're just day camps. So you would go in the morning and come home in the afternoon. Mm. Yeah, and then they'd go for like a week or so. But no, I, I never did any outdoorsy sh- outdoorsy shit as a kid. Never got into camping or anything like that. I don't get the appeal of camping. It's like, uh, it's like rich people want a vacation, so they go pretend to be homeless in the woods for a couple days. <laughs> and like, I don't, I don't get the appeal. Yeah, and they've actually got a cabin out in the woods. It's the five-star hotel style. And they go, I'm going to rough it out in the woods. No, you're not. Stop lying. Yeah. Yeah. Get a tent out there, pop a tent, make a fire, cook something. Like Survivor, that's a real show, right? They're really out in the woods, aren't they, right? They manage to have all <laughs> those lights and all that electricity out in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, give me a break. Well, it's funny. is like the Survivor, they send these people to these places, and it's like, oh, my God, can they survive for a month? And like, people live there, like, permanently. <laughs> <laughs> like, like that's, there's, there's a population just on the other side of the camera. Like, it's... A, <laughs> <laughs> oh we gotta eat this for dinner you see the natives going we're having that for dinner tonight <laughs> in garlic butter and red wine <laughs> all right well uh i guess back to the plot they're at the canteen which is basically just the mess hall cafeteria you go there and get extra snacks sometimes uh all the social events were there and uh, everyone's having a good time listening to music, I guess. And uh, a couple of the boys, uh, specifically the guy in the blue oyster cult shirt, 
proposition Angela to join them skinny dipping? I think it's Mike and Kenny. Okay. I think. Say, Angela, we're all going down to the lake tonight. You know, for a little swim. And, um, well, we were kind of wondering if well, maybe if you wanted to join us or something. What a pro takeover. Listen, Angela, let's say, uh, me and you go for a little walk somewhere. What do you talk about tonight, huh? What's the matter? Can't you talk? I told you she was playing with half a deck. Angela the Nutcake. Ain't that right, Angela? Ain't you Looney Tunes? That is a thick New York accent there. There, there are some really <laughs> thick accents in this movie. Can't you talk? <laughs> She's a nutcake. <laughs> there's a little bit of a space there, and Ricky enters, and the camera pans back to uh, Mike and Kenny, and <laughs> one of them says, so why are you so fucked up, Angela? Like. <laughs> And she's really going to respond and go, well, because of this, because I was Peter, and then eight years ago I became Angela, and I've got a dick where there shouldn't be one. My psycho surrogate mother has been tucking my dick back for the past my, eight years. My, yeah, my stage Making me a, a, a girl. Yeah. yeah. So you want to know why I'm so fucked up? That's why. <laughs> Is that a good enough answer for you? She sounds like a moron when she talks. It's excruciating to hear her speak. Yeah. Yeah, Ricky intervenes. Here's what's going on, and he's not going to let this. Uh, he will not let this aggression stand. So a melee ensues in the canteen, where <laughs> they just kind of pile on top of each other for five minutes, and then it's over. But Ricky is such a hothead. Yeah, yeah. Just, uh, he'll fight anybody. Do you think, just real quick, do you think Ricky's temper is a byproduct of his? <laughs> Messed up mother. <laughs> probably probably from those weekends at his dad's house, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He just ran out of patience just hearing his mom speak about anything. Yeah. Well, what is it, Ma? He's also very upset because Judy was his girlfriend last summer and now she's sprouted little boobs and he's, you know, still the same short kid. And so she's, she's found the the sense of some stronger steeds and she's uh, exploring that Avenue. Judy's dance card is wide open. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. That's a, that's a girl who's finding herself. Until mm-hmm. she hits the age of 30 when the wall comes crashing down. <laughs> she does not give a fuck who it is either. She's trying to get it on with everyone. Oh, yeah. She's talking to like three guys at the same time. And mm-hmm. half the scenes we see her. Yeah. She brings the one guy back to her bunk and she's all pissed when, you know, he won't really go any farther than kissing or even kiss at all. I don't want to get caught. <laughs> don't want to get you pregnant. she'd be one of them people that shows up on the maury show for her fifth episode (laughs) back for the fifth time testing (laughs) testing the the 17th 18th and 19th guys i love it then you go in the case of eight-year-old jamal (laughs) reggie you are 
not the father. <laughs> gonna come back again for your sixth time, seventh time. They're gonna change the kid's name because she named him after one of the guys and he was the first one to test negative. <laughs> oh, man. I used to watch that in college and it would be like, they'd have this fat white woman on and she'd yep. have four guys next to her and it would be like the most diverse cast of characters. And it's like, <laughs> Like you couldn't narrow it down more than those. Like you got a an Asian guy, a Mexican guy, a black guy, and a white guy, and you think all four of them are candidates to be fathers, father of your baby. And and the white guy would have a mullet with a John Waters mustache and buck teeth. <laughs> yeah, and the, yeah. Well, it's just yeah, yeah. Oh, a girl from my hometown was actually on Maury one time. My small hometown. Her claim to fame was she uh was she a maternity thing or was she no she thing? was on uh, an episode of uh, secret crushes oh so there was a, a guy in our hometown that she had a crush on and he didn't know so they uh, brought him on randomly gets invited to the Maury show <laughs> well yeah but he, he doesn't know who has the crush on him you know <laughs> i don't know i can't remember what they told him you know they don't know who it was but it was funny because so the guy who he was the son of the vice principal at the high school and the girl was younger than him. He was in a band called three minute hero, which was semi-popular in Minnesota in the nineties, but he was the drummer. And so he's on the show and she was probably four or five years younger and she worked at Senex. She was at, she worked at the gas station, the convenience store where he would, you know, go into on break from work or something. And she fawned after him there and, you know, never said anything about it. <laughs> so like they get him on the show and he's blindfolded. <laughs> he takes oh, off the blindfold and he's like, Oh, like, like, cause she says her name, you know, like, I think her name was like Chrissy Olson or something. He's like, Oh, little Olson. I'm like, Oh, like the, you know, like he probably knew her older sister, older brother. Oh, you're like the little Olson. Oh yeah. And then, you know, nothing came of it. <laughs> he was not interested at all. Let me, let me guess. He went on this. He went on the show wearing his band <laughs> t-shirt, right? <laughs> because no, I, he was wearing a suit, I think. Oh, but yeah, he should have wore a He should have worn a band opportunity. Shirt. Yeah. Unbelievable. Jeez. The vice principal was the most respected uh, <laughs> educational figure in all of my hometown. Uh, taught for over 40 years and he handed out the discipline as the, as the vice principal. Even the, the troublemakers loved him. Uh, and he was a big in, into rock and he loved, uh, he'd wear a kiss shirt every once in a while, but he's always straight laced, dude. But then you see him like cut loose and he'd be wearing, you know, denim jeans with like a tucked in gray t shirt. It was like it'd be a kiss t shirt. <laughs> Right up Stu's alley. No wonder he was so respected. <laughs> <laughs> I liked on Maury when they would do the cheating stories and they'd uh, they'd have the guy in the green room and they'd send him the sexy decoy. <laughs> 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 and like she'd start flirting with the guy and then like they'd make out on camera and then like he'd come out and lie about it. And like, <laughs> Guess what? That was our sexy decoy. And we have everything on camera. <laughs> the biggest pile of shit. <laughs> the show. results are in. <laughs> oh man. The lie detectors test says that was a lie. <laughs> uh, 
Maury just retired after about yeah. 50 years in the, oh, in the business. Yeah, I saw, I think he's in his 80s or something. He's really old. Yeah. He was a lot older than even I thought he was. I mean, his wife retired like 25 years ago. <laughs> Connie Chung. Yeah, that's right. I forgot. Sorry, the Connie <laughs> Chung. Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's move forward in the plot here. Um, uh, so okay, we got the first, it wasn't a murder, but attempted murder. Uh, what's the next one? What's the well, second? We, well, we we should mention that Paul slides in and uh we finally hear Angela talk. Yep. And they set up a little date. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get the uh, skinny dipping scene at the at the lake, which uh, is just one big sausage fest because none okay. of the girls will do it. Yeah, that's what leads to the second death. But yeah, a lot of a lot of ass in here. The wrong the wrong ones. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's all mad. <laughs> yeah. I saw a little fun fact was uh, there was a lot of locals that were around watching filming. <laughs> <laughs> and they didn't tell him what was going on. So there was a bunch of people just watching the show because this is about one in the morning. They were filming this. It was really cold. And um, mm. so, yeah, just a bunch of neighbors out in their lawns, watching a bunch of naked boys, underage boys run into the, well, I guess they must've been of age, but <laughs> jumping into the lake. Joel Schumacher. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh boy. A bunch of guys skinny dipping together didn't seem like something that uh, was that, very normal when I was growing up. So. That is odd. Yeah. <laughs> but it's very it's very prevalent in these 80s movies. Yeah. They're trying to get the girls, you know, to join them. But I guess they're trying to show them the way at first, you know, make them comfortable. You know, well, well, no, they're, we they're go, like, you go. We go, you go. Like the the guy was pissed at the girls. The girls yeah. like, no, I'm not getting yeah. naked. And he's like, well, fuck them. We're all gonna go do it. And then mm-hmm. like, it's like, why though? Come the on, boys, of, let's show them a good time. Like you were getting yelled at. You the whole point of inviting Angela because you you had a too many guys to girl ratio, <laughs> and now it's it's uh you know like twenty to zero guys versus girls. Yeah, the one guy who doesn't jump in is Kenny. And he gets Leslie to go on a canoe trip with him. And uh, yeah, as you mentioned, this was the next uh, the next death as they mm-hmm. capsized the canoe. Here's a fun fact. Yeah, he, uh, the actor, he cut his hand on a rock uh, under the water and had to be rushed to the hospital thing. But uh, yeah, there's a, a drowning in there. Angela can overpower that dude and just, <laughs> you know, strangle him uh, underwater. I do. I love the effect when they find him the next morning. They tip over the canoe, a dead body there, and the snake uh, comes out of the mouth. Yeah, pretty cool. Well, then, like he's all cut up and shit, and then they're like, "Oh, he just accidentally drowned." (laughs) (laughs) Although I don't know how he got all cut up. I don't know. Maybe he hit his. Well, because they say uh, uh, the cop says, "Well, oh, because Mel is you know trying to say it's an accident. Well, you know, he hit his head and he drowned and what whatever." Uh, and the cop says, well, I didn't notice any bumps or bruises. Uh, but then again, I'm no expert. Right. <laughs> it, was a, it was a quote. He's like, well, you're the fucking cops. You're, you're supposed to, what you say goes around these investigations. So I can't afford all this bad publicity. We're going to lose campers. <laughs> and I think half the campers go home after this. The, or at least they, no, they it's, kind it's of uh, the that. next one. Uh, I think it's after the, the bee 
Uh, oh yeah it's after one of these ones in the middle what are the next murders (laughs) (laughs) uh what's next uh volleyball well judy and her judy shirt and then (laughs) and then volleyball Um, yeah Uh, i I know you can get some of those camp arawak shirts those are pretty cool too i want to get one of those definitely get one of those uh, horror fans i tell you they are agreed <laughs> upon themselves are you talking about yourself no you talk about how much you love 80s slashers oh, are you not I, part of I, that? I don't mind them but I oh, say. oh come on are you not part of the horror community <laughs> yeah you are Stu. why are you trying to deny it <laughs> <laughs> it's called distancing oneself when you see some of them on the forums you think no thanks. Um, I'm you love Friday the Thirteenth. You love almost all of the sequels. No, Same with yeah, Halloween. Sure. That's you, one you know, franchise. I mean, That's one franchise. It's at Halloween. Oh, Halloween. Yeah, Halloween's all right. I mean, really dips after say halfway through the second one. <laughs> <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street. You like all those? I'm sure. No, 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 no. no. At least no. some of them, right? <laughs> One, one yes two god no that's just disgraceful oh two is hilarious though they, they kind of get worse as they go along yeah three's okay and then yeah i don't like think i've four. seen four and five i saw four in the theaters and i said I, I i i can't i can't finish this this is terrible i i watched them all i watched them all last fall and uh yeah they get worse as they go along new nightmare is very good it's very inventive. I did yeah. like that one quite a bit. By the time I got to that one, I was like, I've had enough of this. <laughs> like, because they get really kind of up their own ass in the meta shit. And I had just watched a lot of the Scream movies too, I think. Oh, but, boy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I was kind of Wes Craven out. I remember talking to you initially, Stu, about watching Sleepaway Camp and doing an episode. And I was telling you just a couple of basic things. I was like, you know, it's really cheesy, you know, terrible dialogue, horrible acting, really cheesy. Mm. And you said something along the lines of, oh, great, or it sounds good. And oh, like, I'll enjoy yeah. that. You have to understand, was this at 3 a.m. you were speaking to me? There's <laughs> Stuart at 3 a.m. and you're like, you're like trash at 3 a.m. <laughs> yeah. Well, if I've just come <laughs> home from work, I'm exhausted and I'm getting messages from Eric. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> sarcasm doesn't always translate in text uh, you seem pretty <laughs> enthusiastic about it no look i was honestly willing to give this a chance and i did yeah. and you know that i would say i would rather watch horror films from then than now if this was one from 2020 21 i would have said i, I, I can't as much as i want yeah. to i'll do something else yeah but um well, i think I, mean, I think they're remaking it as they they slash them <laughs> <laughs> pronoun camp <laughs> that's a real movie kevin bacon's in that it, it's not a remake but it's a real movie yeah oh. have you heard of that one Stu? no kevin bacon I, is I one of the yeah counselors of a uh, a conversion therapy camp it's a horror so i guess all the counselors are murders or whatever i'm guessing that's what it is but it's a gay conversion camp and it's, the movie is called They Them. 
Uh, no words. <laughs> Honestly, oh, was it? No. Is words. it they them or is it just uh, them or something? It's I forget. They, they slash them. Okay. I, I don't know what to say. I'm very, <laughs> very rarely real. speechless. I'm Kevin Bacon's in six degrees. So he's making stupidity. a return to uh, camp slashers. <laughs> Kevin Bacon has officially run out of money. (laughs) (laughs) That reminds me of that film. I think I sent you, Eric, was the um, ticked off trannies with knives film. What? (laughs) What Did I send it to you? I don't think so. It's called ticked off trannies with knives. It's basically transvestites, murderous transvestites. Never heard of it? It's like 2010 that came out. I watched it on Netflix. It was. I don't think you sent me that. Yeah, don't know. You sent me the John Holmes documentary. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, that's the only <laughs> thing you sent me. Only film. Oh, I sent you a picture of it. I, I think it was you. I don't know. Oh, it might have been Nesbitt. I don't know. No, I don't think it was Nesbitt. It was you. You just laughed. Maybe you mentioned <laughs> it, it or something. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it was never a found similar that... situation. Three in the morning, and I didn't know what was going there on. There you go. Right. Welcome to my world sometimes, mate. <laughs> <laughs> huh? uh, Good fun, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. All right. But, um, just real quick, can we just quickly speak about the sequels to these, or you want to leave it till later on? Oh, yeah. We can talk about that now. Uh, so I've seen all of them. Uh, two and three were on Netflix for quite a... They might actually still be on there. They go off and on on Netflix uh, semi-regularly. And it's Bruce Springsteen's sister is Angela. Uh, Pamela Bruce Springsteen, I think is yeah. her name. And so she plays uh, a fully transitioned Angela. So she's had the surgery. She's been reassigned. She's a girl. And I think it's, I can't remember how it works out if she was in a mental uh, institution and she, you know, she she did her time and she got out or what, but she's, She's a counselor at one at a, at a summer camp, and she basically just kills everyone who doesn't get into the camping spirit, like people who don't want to, <laughs> like do camp shit. Like she just kills them. People so don't want to go canoeing or hiking. She just kills them. So she would have been her first victim if uh, she was the killer in the first movie. Yeah, I think she <laughs> she got a uh, targets bullies too, but it's it's more played for laughs. The two and three are much more comedic. And I remember enjoying them that, you know, they're, they're, they're very different. They're different directors, uh, different director. And uh, there was some good practical effects, some, some cool kills. Uh, it, it was a fun time. It wasn't, you know, there aren't anything to write home about. I wouldn't say generic necessarily, but pretty close to it. It was just, it was, it was a fun time, but nothing too special. Uh, four, uh, there was that, well, technically, <laughs> That four is five because there was a there was a fourth uh, sequel, or I should say a third sequel, fourth movie in the early nineties that was partially made but never finished, and it was released on an Anchor Bay set in the early two thousands, around two thousand two. It was called the Sleepaway Camp Survival Kit. It was a white box set. It's pretty pricey these days. It had the the the, the Red Cross on it. And uh, the American Red Cross did not think too kindly of that. And they filed a complaint. And so Anchor Bay uh, pulled uh, that that box set. And then 
that was sold to Legendary, I think, who might have released the first one uh, edited. So it was just kind of bullshit. But that that box set from the Anchor Bay, if you can get it, it has footage from uh, Sleepaway Camp, what, what would have been four. It has one, two, right. and three, and then four portions of it. Okay. And then uh, Sleepaway, uh, Return to Sleepaway Camp with Felissa Rose back. She plays a, well, like a deputy sheriff or the sheriff. She's in terrible makeup and costume. It's obviously her. Like, it's not even close. Mm-hmm. You can tell it's, like, she has a, a really fake-looking mustache or goatee or something. I forget. Like the copper in this one, yeah. 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 And uh, so she, and then it's, I think you've, I, I, it's been a while since I've watched it, but I mean, it's not very, it's okay. If, if you're really in the sleepaway camp, it's, it's definitely worth a watch, but. Uh, there's a like the protagonist in here, the kid who's getting bullied. He's kind of a whiny bitch and kind of an asshole anyway, so you don't even like him. <laughs> yeah, Isaac Hayes is in it. Uh, Vincent Pastor, one or two other people, maybe Frank Vincent. I can't remember. There's some actors in it, but it was filmed in the early aughts and then not released until '08. Uh, there oh, was wow. some, yeah, there was some visual effects that needed to be finished, and it took a while. Uh, so they had to redo some of them so it wasn't released until 08 but five or six years after it was made uh not very great um you keep on hearing rumblings of a remake or a reboot another sequel nothing's really come up yet i guess felissa rose is working on a documentary maybe i'll find out more in september when i see her but uh yeah uh, because you'll be the only person to have You'll be the only person asking her, is it going to be another sleepaway camp film? Please tell me yes. It's a cult classic, Stu. There's a lot of people. That's why she's going to Crypticon. There's going to be a thousand she's, people there just to buy her autograph. She's built her whole career on this movie. Like yeah. every th- Everything I see with yep. her is sleepaway camp, 100%. Yep. I mean, everything else she's in is from sleep, you know, her, her notoriety from sleepaway camp. She's in a bunch of other horror films. You know, she's known as a scream queen. But it's mm-hmm. only because of this movie, you know, gained cult status. And then she went on to and mostly later in her career to go on, do these different horror films. She's in uh, Terrifier 2, I guess. I haven't seen it yet. It's, I don't think it's come out. I don't, I don't think that's out. It was supposed to be out a while ago, but. I heard it was going to be released on some weird streaming service I'd never even heard of. Uh, I think the first one was straight to Netflix. Yeah. And the second one was going to be released on something I had not heard of. I really like Terrifier, but the guy who played the clown in it, I followed him on Twitter, and all he did was just fucking rant about Donald Trump. Oh, boy. And uh, he eventually got suspended. (laughs) That was literally literally all he tweeted about was like how he hated Republicans and Donald Trump, and it was like, Dude, uh, I shouldn't follow you because you're making me not like your movie that I really liked. He should have been like Randy Quaid. Randy Quaid was the best person to follow on Twitter by a mile. 
because he would have these really messed up <laughs> things. He would have this this kaleidoscope in the background just circling under this one light and be going, oh, yeah, Donald Trump's going to see us all, man. It's just most bizarre things to watch. He's going well, he, to be he the new to... lizard king. Like, he'd say weird <laughs> shit like that, you know? Well, he, he, used to, he used to make videos like that where he would read Trump's tweets. Yeah. And... Yeah. Uh, just in that voice, just probably from the uh, mansion that he's squatting in at that time. <laughs> and he and his wife yeah, he's on the run. Is he, is he still on the lamb? <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know. There's been settlements, I guess. But no, at uh, the last Crypticon I was at, that whoever was that clown from Terrifier, he was there. And I mean, I like Terrifier enough. I don't know if I'd watch it again, but I enjoyed it. I guess enough. I'd, I'd watch the second one. I wouldn't subscribe to a new service to watch it or pay anything. But anyways, he was there and I was thinking, you know, I don't, (laughs) I'm not going to pay for an autograph or a picture, but I'll take a picture of him from a distance. (laughs) (laughs) He saw me as I'm taking a picture. And so it's a freeze frame of him just looking pissed, like right into my camera. Cause you like stole a photo from him. Well, like I'm I'm uh... like in the center of the area. There's all these tables. You know, I could yeah. just be taking a picture of the banner or the, you know, it's like, it's you, not, I didn't zoom in on him or anything. Are you still got the picture? Yeah, you, yeah, somewhere. All right. Find it and pop a MAGA hat on it and <laughs> post it. And post the shit out of it. His character in Terrifier doesn't speak, and uh, I think it's a big improvement. <laughs> <laughs> It's perfect. <laughs> it's like I knew there was something I liked about him in the movie, but there's just something different about in real life. It's like, oh yeah, he doesn't talk. <laughs> and they say clowns are supposed to be happy people. Yeah, right. <laughs> so angry. All these yeah. Hollywood people are so angry. Mm-hmm. Anyways, all right. Well, we'll continue to move the plot forward a little bit. Uh, so everyone's swimming, having a good time. And Meg is very upset that Angela is not swimming. Judy is as well, but I think this is the clip here with, uh, Meg berating Angela for not wanting to go swimming. I think I'm going to go back into the water. Talk to you later, Angela. Not going in the water again, huh, Angela? What's the matter? Don't you like to swim? Can you swim? Angela, I'm talking to you. Are you going in the water or aren't you? Huh? Angela, I am waiting for an answer. Yes or no? God damn it, answer me, Angela, answer me. God damn it, answer me. What the hell's going on here? Little bitch won't answer me. She never answers me. You're right, Angela? Meg, I want to see you in my shack right at the swim pier. Nigga, back to your post. What is Meg's problem with her in this film? Are you saying that she has an irrational disdain for Angela? Because a lot of the people do, may, like Judy I, I and everyone else, they that. just, right yeah. away, they just hate her for no reason. Well, she doesn't talk and she doesn't participate. And uh, apparently that's like the biggest crime you can commit at Camp Arawak. It'll get you killed in some of the sequels. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. people immediately explode. Like as soon as she doesn't respond, it's just like 
to a hundred immediately. Mm-hmm. It should have been titled "On the Rag Camp," because <laughs> <laughs> most of these girls are just <laughs> psychotic messes. You know, Meg's not. She's got her big day with Mel. That is strange. I don't know what the thinking was. But he's, that actor must have been must have been like, man, I'm dying. Can you just give me some some of that um, baldy chicken stuff before I die? I want this on tape. I want I want my kids to be able to see this. Yeah, <laughs> that their grandfather could still pull this kind of tail at, at this age. Yeah. And he's storming through the thing. Where are you, Meg? Meg, look at this tracksuit I bought for you, Meg. Meg. Let her know I'm looking for her. <laughs> Boy, it's what you call getting stood up, man. You got you got played. Well, she's dead, but seriously, I don't know. Uh, yeah, that's weird. And just real quick before I end up forgetting about it, <laughs> what's with the uh, slapping of Ricky by by Mel? Slapping him like that, <laughs> like he's a conductor waving his wand in a in an orchestra. Way like that, it's just weird. And then he, when he almost kills him at the end, it's like he's pounding him. Like uh, I don't even know how to describe it. It's it's like, like something Donkey out Kong. of a yeah, it's like Donkey Kong or something out of a like a Flintstones <laughs> yeah, cartoon or something. Or, you know, like the, Bam the Bam Gorilla. It just goes full gorilla. I don't know. <laughs> Looks like well, yeah, it looks like two thousand. It's, like it's a double hammer fest. <laughs> I'll tell you why that happened, it's because he didn't get any. <laughs> it's like I could have fucking got Sexual frustration just yeah. erupted. Yeah. At least his hair stayed on. <laughs> it did. <laughs> and his green pants. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, uh, that leads actually right to our next clip because the next clip happened after the first one. Is this when she gets thrown in the water? I forget. Well, she uh, she gets thrown in the water after this clip. Okay. Uh, so it's that's right. What Meg and who else? Judy and some other people pick her up. I forget. Yeah, I think Meg just picks her up and carries her about a hundred feet yeah. to the lake and just dumps her. Mm-hmm. I think also about this time is when. Mel's kind of feeling out Ricky because he thinks Ricky's the killer, you know? Yeah. Asking him questions. You know, I mean, you and I haven't really had a chance to talk. It's like you literally just talked to him in the scene before. <laughs> hey, girls. Let's not forget to thank Angela for getting Meg in trouble. I didn't do anything. You never do Hey, Angela, how come you never take showers when the rest of us do? Judy, she's a real carpenter's dream. The lad is a boarder and needs a 
That's awesome. And she gets slapped by uh, who's the who slaps her? She's kind of the voice of reason in that bunkhouse. The, the redhead, sort of strawberry haired woman. I've got her name. Yeah, I don't remember what the name was. Mm, was, it Su- was it Susie? Could have been. I always like in the, these movies, like, why don't you shower with all those girls? What are you, queer? <laughs> like, why, why don't you come shower naked with all those other girls that are the same gender as you? You must yeah. be gay. <laughs> I wonder if this was a inspiration. I'm going to pull another <laughs> conspiracy card. I wonder if this was an inspiration for that Gene Simmons film. <laughs> Which one is it, Brett? <laughs> oh, uh, Never, Never Too, too Young, young to, to Die. die. <laughs> <laughs> That's another one where the transvestite is the killer. Mm-hmm. It was, Wouldn't happen it was these a days. very common trope back then. Although oh, that yeah. was like part of his name too, wasn't it? It was like transvestite something. Well, oh, no. Well, his name was like Ragnar or something like that. He's <laughs> <laughs> known as like uh, something but transvestite. Was, yeah. They're like, he's a transvestite. <laughs> like, <laughs> like 10 minutes in, like that's, he's known. Mm. Weed. Well, he was also in the army. So, with a fake beard. Uh, like Ed Wood? Ed Wood was in the army? No, in the movie, he, he oh, plays in the movie. a character. He, oh. he, he's like undercover as an army uh, officer or something, and then he reveals himself to be Ragnar. And like when he takes the beard and the, the wig off, he's got, all of a sudden got his makeup on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Actually, that reminds me of another film that came out in 87, which uh, if I, well, stripped to kill, basically had the same thing. It was the, it was the, uh, yeah, use your imagination as the killer. Yeah. Yeah, it must have been a thing. I wonder why they haven't come back and tried to cancel culture all these films yet. I, mean, I hope they don't, but. Oh, the, the critics have for Sleepaway Camp, you know, they ravaged it. Transphobic, homophobic. Oh, fuck off. Seriously. Oh, there there was one voice of reason that talked about... Well, because I never considered it trans because Angela's not trans. She doesn't want to transition to a woman. Peter never wanted to be Angela. She was forced. She was being abused Mm -hmm. by the surrogate mother, the adopted mother of the aunt. Mm -hmm. So I never saw it as like... Uh, there was some reviewer who talked about how uh, uh, shed a more positive light on trans issues because it it just goes to show that you can't force somebody to be uh, something no matter what gender it is. That's like what they took from it. And I was like, well, that's more reasonable than all these other ones. Hmm. But anywho, it's it's fucking sleepaway camp. You know, it's not that <laughs> it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> no, today well, it's that supposed to be. You know. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, a cultural what milestone? Citizen Kane to them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the, the Wizard actually, of Oz, Ben Hur. It kind of reminds me. I took a psychology class in high school, and they showed us a clip from Oprah Winfrey of all the shows out there. But it was, uh, and it's a pretty famous case, I think. But this guy, uh, when he was born, he had a botched circumcision and uh so they they just like well we'll just 
cut it off and raise him as a boy or uh, raise him as a girl. And then like when he was going through puberty, he kind of figured things out. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you never felt like uh, he was a girl, but uh, it kind of reminds me of that. He ended up going, uh, he transitioned back to being male, but then he ended up committing suicide later. But uh, mm. it's kind of the same thing where it's like, he didn't have a choice in the matter. There's no. like somebody else decided for him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Crazy. this movie, it wasn't, you know, it isn't supposed to be a watershed moment in trans right. history, <laughs> but <laughs> the, uh, I mean, I, I could see uh, some criticism with uh, homophobia a little bit because it seemed like, like, I didn't know why the, uh, the scene with, with the dad and his lover was in there. Like, I don't really know how that contributed to the film. Weird. And then like the two kids are like uh, trying to emulate it. Yeah, I, like, I don't. But really it's but they were doing a weird like one was just gonna poke the other in the chest. Like I don't think. Yeah, I don't think that's how the older gentlemen were poking each other. I mm. saw one of the videos I saw this morning um, explained. Well, they the content creator was giving their explanation or their take on what happened, and with the two fathers, or the two, sorry, the two men in bed, I should say, that was the image that uh, Peter saw as a kid, as a boy. And then when the teenage boy was on top of Angela, that's why she got up and ran away. It was a remembrance of what was going on with her father and his male lover. Um, with the two kids pointing at each other, I, he mentioned something, but I've forgotten what it was. Um, I, it's It slipped my mind, so I'm not going to spend time trying to think about what it was or try and remember. But that's what the scene was with the two the two men. It was to trigger off angela yeah it didn't seem like oh this this experience of almost walking in on their father and his lover is traumatizing and kind of i guess fucked him up for life i guess (laughs) in all honesty (laughs) that father couldn't have found a better looking guy than what he had i mean (laughs) it was not what you call an attractive looking man i'm sure he could have done a shitload better than that but sound like an expert I am a witness to a situation. I'm just asking a question. That's all it is. But um, one thing I wanted to ask about this film was, was there ever a soundtrack released at the time or later on? I believe it was at the time. I guess I'm not sure, but I did read about certain things being released on the soundtrack. But like IMDb only lists three songs all by the same artist, you know, the score, the song, mm. you know, the Cantina's songs, like, they sound very poppy uh, of the time, but I'd be interested in even the score or some of that, uh, some of those songs that they played. But mm. yeah, I, I can't imagine just... there being a soundtrack with only three tracks. Oh, there'd be incidental music as well in there and, you know, the opening titles and the actual song songs. But uh, I'm just, just curious out there because, um, Sometimes companies like uh, Veris Sarabande release them. And I picked one up the other day. It was uh, Best of John Carpenter. Okay, yeah, John Carpenter's got full recognized scores and and mm-hmm. uh, albums out there to his films. But this one was just uh, you know, three tracks off The Fog, a couple of tracks off of Halloween, a few off Escape from New York. So I was wondering if there might have been like a Sleepaway Camp soundtrack, maybe even on the CD in, back in the, in the 90s, that had... A few songs from Sleepaway Camp, then from Part Two and Part Three, 
meshed into one album. I, I don't know. Because I imagine if there was, that thing would go for a few bucks now. Because I couldn't see yeah. it being readily available. Definitely. Mm. The collector's item, even more so than the uh, survival kit box that I would I would think. Mm. Possibly. I've seen it at the, the Crypticons I've been at. Is pretty it? penny. I wonder what it is on Amazon right now. Oh, you don't go by that. That's ridiculous. It's like going no. on eBay. Camp survival kit. DVD. $249. But no, this one, this is the updated. This is the one where they changed it. It doesn't have the red cross on it. Okay. 250 for that. I don't even, I, I mean, I wouldn't pay anything for anything, but <laughs> for any of it, but, uh, I mean, I think at the Crypticon, I see the box set for, you know, maybe 60 bucks or something. But you won't be seeing it for 60 bucks. <laughs> yeah, not now. I, I was guessing yeah. that Amazon would list it for about 100 or 200. Do you know when the gold mine was these things? It was the mid 90s. That's when everything was just getting thrown out for no, nothing. Nobody yeah. wanted shit. Uh, for a time machine. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, uh, let's move along with the story here. <laughs> Talking quite a while on Sleepaway Camp. Yeah. Oh, there's a balloon or a water balloon fight on top of one of the uh, one of the, the bunkhouses. Uh, yeah. One of the as, as you do as a as a young child, you have water balloon fights on roofs of buildings. <laughs> <laughs> you did that, Stu, when you were a kid, didn't you? I do it when I'm. Page 50 now. Why not? <laughs> Climb on my two story, second story roof and just throw balloons at passing children when they finish school. Because why not? <laughs> Got to have something to do. You can't leave your house. Well, you can now, but back, back in the old lockdowns, you have to have, have some fun. Because, <laughs> yeah, they, uh, the guys up there from the rival bunkhouse, they hit Angela with a water balloon and <laughs> she's down for the count, you know? <laughs> Yep. It's like it seems like she almost dies basically. It was like it was filled with ice or something. <laughs> and uh even even Mel says you know, you could have taken her eye out. I'm like, well, it's a fucking water balloon. What are you talking about? <laughs> but then, like the I don't know why the first thing out of his mouth was why are you having a water balloon fight on the roof? <laughs> That's what he should have been worried about, not somebody getting hit with a water balloon. Yeah, how did they get up there? And how did they get all the water balloons up there? Exactly, yeah. So many logistical questions uh, left unanswered. This is the scene where Mel is wearing his high black socks with his shorts. (laughs) One of the scenes. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if you bought bought those clothes from home. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. Boy. Wonder he died. The <laughs> Ricky comes to the rescue per usual. He's just always just off frame until something happens to Angela and then he rushes in and he's just got a string of profanities that he just hurls at the guys on the roof. Fucking bastards are gonna pay for this! Cocksuckers! Bricks! 
peppers keep picking on my cousin. That's Enough. Nice one, a whole business. You realize how dangerous those things are? You could have taken a ride out. Well, Ronnie's going to hear about this, and there's going to be no canteen for a whole week. And that goes for you, too, on account of your filthy mouth. What? If I ever hear anything like this again, I'm going to throw the whole bunch of you out of here. And don't think I don't mean it. <laughs> Please remake this film with Andrew Dice Clay in that part. <laughs> yeah, you don't think no. Ain't no canteen for you for a week. No. I like him to play Ronnie's character instead. <laughs> oh, he's oh too God. fat and old for that now. Yeah, he's too fat. <laughs> this uh, doesn't matter. Put short shorts on him and a crop top. Some yeah. nut huggers and a crop top, and that'll be perfect for him. What do you think of this dinner? Meat and potatoes. Ah. <laughs> but, um, boy, that kid's got a filthy little mouth in him. I tell you. He's... It sure does. How old was he in this film? When he was making this, couldn't have been no more than 14 uh, or 15. I forget. I can look it up here. Because mm. Angela dated, I think it was Peter, uh, not Peter, Paul. I think she dated Paul uh, during the movie. You know, she's 13. I think he was 17 at the time. That said, oh, boy. Yeah, the kid who played Ricky was born in 65. So it's about 17. This was shot in. Yeah, about 17. September shot in 82. Yeah, 82. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, I guess so. He still looks pretty small for seventeen. He's does, an old yeah. guy. He's yeah. a late bloomer, I guess. Yeah. Is he? Yeah, he's <laughs> in the he's in the Return of Sleepaway Camp. So he was Ralph Macchio before Ralph Macchio. <laughs> Little, uh, you know, lightly darkened skinned, <laughs> young looking thing. Well, the next thing that happens in the movie is uh, Bill has to take a wicked dump. <laughs> <laughs> probably the best line in the whole film gotta take a wicked dump <laughs> and he's he's looking for reading material to, to take with them I think honestly I think I might pinch that line and stick on the MMC soundboard because that was just, that was just a gem <laughs> he's killed by bees but there's there's no bees to be found until the the after shot, I guess. That has to be like the most ridiculous kill in the whole movie. It mm-hmm. is. You don't just so. pick up a hive with a giant stick, <laughs> poke it through a <laughs> toilet window, and lower it onto a guy taking a wicked dump. That, that well, she had to cut out. the screen out to get it in there. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. And the bees are just going to sit there, you know, very placidly <laughs> and go, "It's okay, we'll wait." <laughs> Because Angela apparently, supposedly, stabs Meg through some sort of like a metal uh, shower wall uh, when when she kills Meg. Because the yeah. knife goes through like a metal uh, shower divider and down her back. Like, it's just easy. You can just bring that knife down through the, through the metal. <laughs> like, like she's cutting butter. Yeah. Some very inventive kills in this. The bees was not one of them, though. That was one of the lesser ones. <laughs> the bees! Yeah. But yeah, we're a little bit ahead of the Meg death, but yeah, it was convenient that Meg was just happened to put her back up against the wall at that very moment. Yeah. You've never heard of convenient deaths in horror <laughs> films, Brett, really? <laughs> Let me give you a tip. They happen a lot. 
perfect timing. It was just uh, just as she planted. She says, I know Meg puts her back against the wall this far into her shower every day. Yep. Even though I don't shower with the girls. It's like when Michael Myers has his, um, his collage of deaths when Jamie Lee would walk through the house and his body would just swing out because Michael had it on a, <laughs> on a rope that would just last long enough and then it would just swing right out when she opened that door. And he just happened to have the uh, you know the, the other dead body sitting over there for her to find and go, ah! It's all just circumstantial. So next we get to... Uh, we get we get to the uh, capture the flag segment. Yeah, we kind of talked about it already. Mel is worried about having to shut down. He blames Ricky. Uh, yeah, especially after everything. the B thing, he's like, no parents are going to send their kids here anymore. You know. And then there's a uh, there's a fake out where Paul sneaks up on Angela to try to get you to think that Angela is not the killer, but then it's just like Paul trying to make out with her. Yeah. This is where we get the flashback of the two dads, or the dad and his boyfriend. Yeah, they do. Um, They're mm-hmm. playing a little slap and tickle on the beach, and they make out a little bit. And, and he's he's, he's <laughs> trying to grope her, but uh, yeah. And then when Angela freaks out, Paul just goes fucking nuts on her. Yeah, <laughs> like he's just as bad as everybody else. Yeah. Um, and then we get the catcher capture the flag where they they catch Paul making out with Judy in the woods. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Judy just uh, is trying to fuck everybody at the camp. <laughs> She's jealous of Angela for some reason, you know, for some irrational reason. Yeah, she feels threatened for, in some way. Yeah. But she, you know, in the clip we played earlier, she blames Angela for getting Meg in trouble for no reason. Mm-hmm. You know, after Meg dumped her in the lake. <laughs> no reason. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, she was trying to do everything to to get back at Angela and uh, include making out with Paul. I believe that leads to our next clip. Paul is begging Angela to take him back. Angela, I'm really sorry about what happened before. I really am. I don't know what happened. She just wouldn't leave me alone. Come on, Angela. Please, give me another chance, will ya? Please. Back together so soon? Boy, Angela, you sure are forgiving. Especially after you told me what a prude you are. That is the word you used, isn't it, Paul? I gotta go. (laughs) Bye, Paul. It's really no good deal, I mean, he's okay for you. How about a little swim? Huh, Angela? What do you say we get that beautiful bottle of yours into the water? Yeah, so so this is actually where she gets thrown in the lake. We were talking about it about 20 minutes ago, and (laughs) it doesn't happen until right now. Why would a young man with raging testosterone chase a girl who's giving nothing and dump one who would drop everything <laughs> basically when he says so it just it makes no sense well judy's going after everyone now well, maybe maybe this is uh saying something about paul you know and uh oh. his his instincts 
Paul likes that something extra in a woman. <laughs> So-called woman. I mean, there are a lot of short shorts going on in this camp, so, you know. <laughs> you don't seem chasing gonna... Steve Perry, though, do you? <laughs> He's probably intimidated by, uh, by Ronnie. Who wouldn't yeah. be? <laughs> no. <laughs> See those arms and those pecs showing through that shirt? Guy's jacked. He's he's pretty jacked. He's pretty jacked. Yeah. In the he's in the uh, return to sleepaway camp. Still jacked. <laughs> Twenty <laughs> years later, still jacked. Been hitting the uh, nitric oxide powder <laughs> before filming, <laughs> and his wardrobe is pretty similar in the sequel. Oh boy. All right, so. Uh, we only have one clip left, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So we got a couple of murders to get through first. So the next murder is the Meg in the shower. Mm -hmm. Stabbing her through the wall. Which is kind of the only slasher kill in it. Although, you know, Mel gets an arrow through their throat and Paul is decapitated. They don't show what it is. It's probably a knife. They show the aftermath of the de- yeah. decapitation. But so that's, uh, I guess, kind of what makes it a slasher. Also, the fact that, you know, it kind of stalked the victims one by one. But yeah. The only thing this movie's missing is the breathing from the POV shots. Yeah. I like those POV shots. Those are fun. Mm. Have you ever seen Student Bodies, Stu? No. I know that's of pretty it. pretty good. I know of it. Yeah. Man, you know what? Talking about this film, there's just so many slasher films in the '80s. Now I think about it, it was yeah. "Don't Go in the Woods Alone." There was just tons of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you boys remember one called "The Mutilator"? I've never seen it, but I've I've heard of it. I remember. Yeah, I know the cover. Yeah, I've heard of it. It's not bad, actually. The wife's got the VHS still. I thought, oh, I've seen that pop up uh, either on Twitter or Letterboxd quite a bit recently. Okay, so yeah, I don't one. I don't know if it just happened to be people are doing podcasts about it, or maybe it was on like Joe Bob Briggs or whatever. It got a Blu-ray release not long ago, late last year, I think. That could be it too. Yeah, yeah. I was just thinking, uh, I've been watching some old Siskel and Ebert stuff on YouTube, and those guys are fucking terrible. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> like every Every horror movie that they review around this time, they just bitch about the violence in it. And they they did a whole episode about, uh, they called them women in danger movies. And uh, Sleepaway Camp wasn't in there, but like they, they mentioned like Friday the 13th, I Spit on Your Grave, Terror Train. And it's basically all these slasher movies where the women are, you know, hunted or whatever. And killed on camera, and they're just like, "Don't go see them. They're so violent." You know, it's like Ebert's like, "Oh, you think you're going in? You're just gonna go see a good old fashioned scary movie, and you just see all this violence. These women are just there to be killed." And it's <laughs> like, "God, you guys suck." <laughs> you, you know what? That's um, funny you bring that up. On the Criterion Laser Disc of Halloween that came out in the mid nineties. I think it was 93 came out for the 20th anniversary. No, sorry. 
It was one of those anniversary 25th ones. 25th or 15th. 15th, I think it might have been, yeah. yeah um, 25th or 15th. Yeah, it was one of those. And um, what happened was there was a special feature on there, which was Siskel and Ebert Review Halloween. It runs about eight minutes, and they trash the crap out of it. They just absolutely give it hell. That is the only special feature ever since any home video release of Halloween onwards that has never made it onto the special features of anything. Because I've always looked for it. Of every subsequent release of Halloween, never been there. Everything else is there. Well, that's funny because they, they actually praised Halloween. They said Halloween was like the only one that did it good, like was a good movie with it. Yeah, but... Which- I- I think that was, okay, so I might be wrong, but that Siskel and Ebert review was a re-review because initially I yeah. think they oh. trashed it and then they went back on and re recant, or, or, um, retracted what they, they said. They did re-evaluate movies. Re-evaluation. Time time. Yes, yeah. yes. That might be that might be the case because this episode I'm talking about came out in like, I think it was like 81 or 82 or something. Right. So, so it probably wouldn't after they revisited it. Mm. But they're like, oh, it's the only one where the... The, the woman fights back, you know, and she's like, oh, I hate being the, the POV of the killer. You know, it's like, oh, it's disgusting. And it's yeah. like, well, uh, Halloween does the same shit, but like, <laughs> there you go. That's the only one that does it right. Mm. But uh, yeah, I, I thought that was funny. It's just like getting on their high horses and just, you know, talking shit about this style of movie. And then like, that was just the way things were going at that time. And they, yeah. they didn't, uh, you know, they weren't on the, the bandwagon. Well, Lieber's got his come up and to the end. He ended up sounding like a fucking speaking spell machine, didn't he? <laughs> but they had a lot of really bad ta- really bad takes on on movies that ended up being, like, really well-liked and, like, last the test of time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Probably Eber more so than Siskel, I think. I actually Siskel is sometimes worse. You think Siskel's worse sometimes? <laughs> sometimes yeah. he's worse, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, like sometimes they'll disagree on things, but like there'll be ones where it's just like, "What are you guys talking about?" Like, I don't like. How can you both be so wrong? Or like, one will get it right, but like, they'll just kind of barely give it a thumbs up on some of these movies that are just like just modern day classics and then like Siskel will be like I hated it I didn't get it didn't understand any of it it didn't make any yeah. sense it's not as good as this movie that I liked five years ago mm-hmm. like they're always comparing it to other movies and sometimes he hates when they're formulaic and sometimes he hates when they're not formulaic yeah and it's like there's no there's no win in this guy over but uh I don't know it's frustrating. I, I I hate watch their episodes. It's just like you guys have such terrible takes on movies. They weren't Gene Shallot, were they? He always got it right. <laughs> I always yeah. remember growing up, they'd put the the Peter Travers uh, quote on every movie. Mm-hmm. Like, like Rolling Stone, they must they must have been paying him to to get a quote for every movie because he loved every movie that came out. They just positive. Peter Travers from Rolling Stone quote on everything. Wait, 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 wait. You're saying Rolling Stone may have been taking money to give out good reviews. <laughs> oh my God, I never knew that. <laughs> like literally every movie for 10 years had a Peter Travers positive quote on it. I swear to God. The, the, 
Brett, that's like every Kiss album that came out in the 70s and 80s that was just trashed by Rolling Stone. This is garbage. This is no good. Every one of them. And yeah, there's some good ones and there's some not so good ones, but oh boy. It was basically, you know, let's reheat this review from a year ago that he gave them because uh, <laughs> it's going to be the same this time around. Right. Yeah. How right was he? Well, let's start to wrap up Sleepaway Camp. So we have some more murders here. We have uh, the counselor who took the kids camping. And Angela hacks up three or four little boys with an axe or a hatchet. Yeah, that was Eddie. Two of them wanted to go back. So he's like, oh, the rest of these ones will be fine. <laughs> and leaves them with an axe just handy. Mm-hmm. I heard these children were killed because they, when Angela was thrown in the water, then was um, brought out by Ricky. That were the ones throwing sand at her as yeah. she was walking away. Yeah, that's yeah. what I heard. Yeah, it's all it takes. Yeah, cross Angela, you're uh, it's a death sentence. Yeah, well, mostly. I mean, uh, pedophile got away with it, and so did who else lived? That was it. Whoever got killed by the bees should have lived. <laughs> <laughs> Billy. I thought there was somebody else that lived for a second, but um, Mike, who, maybe? Yeah. Did Michael live? I'm going to do a Michael right. Caine impression. There's nobody else, mate. <laughs> just the, <laughs> the pedo cook. <laughs> well, Ben kind of disappears after a while. There's, uh, we we lose the kitchen staff about after the <laughs> yeah. they take uh, Artie away. Mm-hmm. They took their extra 50 bucks and fucked off. <laughs> well, no one was but, eating because they were all getting killed. So <laughs> while they're having the kitchen staff on. <laughs> Everyone's just eating candy bars from the canteen. Yeah, that's true. Or they were banned from the canteen for a week, so mm-hmm. there's no need for them. Well, Ricky goes down there and he comes back with about seven candy bars. Yeah, but he's a renegade. He does what he wants. Otherwise, he'll just give you a you know, profoundly ridden, profoundly ridden <laughs> rant for about five minutes if you don't give him the candy bars. So just like, take him, Ricky. I don't care. Off you go. Right. We talked about the Judy scene earlier. Judy uh, meets her demise with a, a straightening or a curling iron uh, up the vagina uh, and also uh, suffocation. But we see Ricky, well, it's supposed to be Angela, but it's Ricky in the doorway wearing a wig. <laughs> mm. And uh, so could you tell that, uh, Brett, watching it on Peacock? Um, it went, it flashed too quick for me to to really get a good look at it but it Mm -hmm. i'm sure if i went back and paused it you you could have seen it yeah like it looked Stu and i didn't need to pause it we (laughs) it was pretty obvious (laughs) with our transfers it was uh pretty obvious it was ricky there well the wig definitely looked fucking bad (laughs) (laughs) yeah but i don't know i think i was maybe writing a note or something when it happened so i didn't get a good look at the face but uh, it didn't look like Angela. I'll say uh, that. Looks like the wig Don Dockin wears these days. <laughs> One of those obviously bad ones. But, yeah. All right. Well, I think we can get into Dick Talk here. Are we at the end now? Yeah. Well, we got Rick. 
Mel uh, beats up Ricky. He tries to then, murder uh, him. <laughs> yes, and then he wanders into the archery range. Takes an arrow to the throat. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Um, and then uh, Angela meets Paul on the beach, and she wants to go skinny dipping. Yeah, she tells him and, to meet him. Meet him there at such and such a time. Yes, For and another, then uh, another sausage fist. <laughs> <laughs> And then we get the cops showing up, and Ronnie, uh, Ronnie, one of the other girls, is uh, they they happen upon Angela at the beach, and uh, like they're they're behind her, and she's sitting on the beach, like petting Paul, and they can't really see what's going on. And then we get the flashback to Aunt Martha mm-hmm. taking in uh, the child from the beginning of the movie, the money shot it- of Sleepaway Camp, basically. <laughs> That is our last clip. You're going to enjoy living with us so much. Yes, I know you are. As a welcome home present, I bought you such wonderful new clothes. I just hope that Richard doesn't get jealous that I didn't get him anything. Oh, but then he is such a dear. I'm sure that he won't mind. You see, I've always wanted a little girl. But of course, when my husband left, Oh, well, that's all water under the bridge, as I always say. Water under the bridge. But it certainly will be a nice little surprise when Richard comes home to find a little girl in the house. Yes, I've always dreamed of a little girl just like you. I mean, we already have a boy, so another one simply would not do. Oh, no, absolutely not. A little girl would be so much nicer, don't you think so, Angela? such a lovely name why i believe it means angel why yes i'm sure it does i know you're going to like that name won't you peter You know, what a reaction. Eric, Eric, you should have uh, lined up a game before you played that clip. Take a shot every time you hear the words little girl. (laughs) On the floor, (laughs) drunk as skunks. Oh, she's a boy. Yeah. Ronnie's got it figured out. It's a man, baby. As Paul's head rolls down the beach. <laughs> the, the rolling head's always like a, a, an afterthought. Oh, well, sorry, Paul. <laughs> We've got this big shock ending to deal with here. Sorry about your head, man. But, yeah, great ending. Really good ending. I can see why it's um, legendary among horror horror fans. Surprisingly, one I never found out about. I was talking to one of my sons yesterday, and I said, oh, I said, I'm going to head off and watch Sleepaway Camp. And he goes, oh, yeah, the ending. I said, don't tell me. He goes, no, I would do that. <laughs> I said, you seen it? He goes, yeah, I've seen it. He goes, I said, what do you think? He goes, yeah, I liked it. But, um, yeah. Something to watch with the, with the son, huh? No, he's a... He's a Something to watch with the wife and kids, right? Good family film. <laughs> well, 
again, goes back to my family. We watched Porky's as a family when it came out on VHS <laughs> back go. in 83. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> nothing nothing shocks me anymore of my family at all. But, um, yeah, that, that climactic scene, if you want to get into dick talk. Never thought I'd say this. Fuck that. Let me see your penis, dog. I'm going to need y'all to quit playing with me and pull out your big guns because this is show me your dick time, fellas. Are you going to show me your hard wooden dick like you said you would? Uh, it was accomplished using a nude man wearing a mask cast from Felisa Rose's face. The man who stood in for Angela was a college student who needed to get drunk before he was able to, to do the scene. Uh, originally uncredited, it has since been revealed that the identity of the body double was Archie Liberace. It is his first and only screen credit. Archie Liberace. Yeah. That is incredible. <laughs> no words. I've read here and there that it's a pretty exploitative scene, like filming wise. Like they kind of took advantage of him. You know, got him. He didn't really want to do it and they got him drunk and, you know, they paid him a little bit of money, but. I don't know, you know, it's just a, you got to get this guy from outside the production. Hey, can you come and show your dick on screen for a while quick? <laughs> right. That's kind of, you know, that's kind of shady. Neil I mean, Jordan this... and Jay Davison owned, owe their careers to Sleepaway Camp. <laughs> 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 that one was a lot easier to pick when I watched it in theaters. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yep, uh, I had my own crying game uh, <laughs> a month or two ago. Well, that happened to you. You should clarify. You watched? No, it didn't happen to me. But I mean, the the movie happened to me. You yeah. watched the movie. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say. I thought, <laughs> did you have any a uh, deliance that actually happened to you? Because uh, yeah, you might want to keep that secret, my friend. <laughs> you you listened to the episode, so you realized why. I guess I didn't wasn't expecting the crying game to have that, and I thought I had a different risque scene in it but hmm. yeah spoilers yeah. for the crying game <laughs> spoilers for the crying game spoilers for friday 13th it's <laughs> mom mrs Voorhees. spoilers for psycho it's actually norman bates in a wig and a periwinkle blue dress um anything else we want dress, to ruin dress to kill dress please. to kill yeah it's yeah, actually terror train yeah never too young to die yeah Although that's not a surprise because he's like a he's a proud trans uh, transvestite. Yeah, but we we spoiled that he's the uh, the army guy. Mm. <laughs> Spoil that it's also the the plot for Chinatown. Almost, he's trying to destroy the water supply or whatever. That's true. Him him and Robert Englund. <laughs> They're trying to get the uh, the computer disc. <laughs> That runs Los Angeles' water supply so they can poison us. <laughs> yeah. Because there's a computer program that does that. Well, there's a computer program that, that manages to cripple Superman. Not literally cripple him, but, you know, his strength and power, I should say, in Superman 3. Richard I don't Pryor, know if I've people. seen Superman 3. I mean, I'm sure I did when I was a kid, but I don't remember anything. Yeah, exactly. I remember don't, one, don't two, there, four. Don't remember anything from three. Yeah, it's been so long since I've seen any of those movies. I don't. I'm positive I've seen the first one and the second one. I don't know if I've seen the others. Mm. You mentioned yeah. uh, 
but John's I've heard old, about uh, it. work associate uh, has heard him talking about Superman 4. John, Superman 4, the gays, <laughs> they love it. <laughs> Wrestling on the moon? Wrestling <laughs> on the moon? What was the, uh, what was the other guy's name? Uh, Nuclear Man? Nuclear Man. <laughs> Nuclear Man, the gays, they love it. Don't worry about the Jeff Stryker films. They love Superman. <laughs> I can't do it as good as John does, but yeah. 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 I think he mentioned it on uh, an episode we did. There is an, actually a recording of that guy on the internet. Oh, really? If you want to hear his voice, yes. It's out there. Okay. I th- you you might have mentioned that in an older episode. Yeah. Um, I but, did uh, toy with the idea of posting. John's like, no, don't. He's like, <laughs> yeah. very paranoid. Uh, mm. yeah all right well i guess we can kind of wrap it up here get your final thoughts uh we've gone over a lot of fun facts we can maybe get into a couple of more but i don't know i guess your thoughts on the ending uh the freeze frame kind of fades to green a, a greenish tint but uh, yeah i love that i can give you scene i can give you one thing eric i want that as a t-shirt badly <laughs> yeah. want that as a t-shirt yeah, a lot of the pictures that Fliss Rose takes with the people at these cons, it's just her doing this. Oh, you know, yeah, doing the the screen. Yeah, face. she she redoes the the face every every chance she gets. <laughs> oh, boy, so if I get a picture where there's a good shit, well, I could tell her to you know knock it off and just give me a straight picture. <laughs> but I tell you, at these cons that you go to, who I actually like to meet. I didn't give a shit about celebrities. I would like to meet Eddie Deason if he was ever there one time. Who? I love me Eddie Deason. You don't know that guy? I don't think so. He was in Zapped. He's the really funny looking guy with the. Uh, I haven't seen Zapped. Gla- goofy looking guy. He's in War Games. He's in Zapped. Okay. Um, you you know him when you see him and you hear him. You know exactly who I'm talking about. That'd be the perfect spot for him. A con for one of oh, those for sure. kind of obscure, but. Also, kind of known actors. Mm. Oh yeah, I'd like to have a conversation with Eddie Deason. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna walk right by Tom Arnold's desk and not talk to him. No, I'm not paying for his autograph or his picture this year. So it's not Tom Arnold's gonna be there. I'm like, why the fuck is he at Crypticon? Is that really in any? I mean, any horror films that anybody cares about, anyways? Ask him about the um. The Peter Chris impersonator that he dealt with back in 1991. He knows all about that. (laughs) I don't know if I... No, I don't think I know that one. There was a... Real quick, because we've gone way over fucking time. There was a guy in 1991 who was uh, a homeless fella who's now since passed on and living underneath a... uh, Living on the beach or underneath a bridge in California. And some one of those American rags out there wrote up a story and they said oh you look like peter chris from kiss and he goes yeah yeah that's me i'm peter chris so they wrote this whole story about peter chris being homeless um peter chris the real one was far from homeless he made more than enough money with kiss and living a a nice life with his family found the story went on to donahue this homeless guy and peter chris were face to face with each other but somehow later on in the, in the episode, Tom Arnold rolled up thinking this guy was Peter Chris, this homeless guy, <laughs> and putting him up in the spare room or spare guest house that he and Roseanne had 
It was just bizarre. So if you, <laughs> if you do swing by, don't get an autograph, don't pay for shit and say, uh, tell me about uh, Christopher Dickinson, the Peter Chris impersonator, and see what he says. You're looking for someone, but it's not Kiss. He's going to tell You'll me cocaine's know. a hell of a drug. Well, yeah, he may have been off his tits on that one. <laughs> yeah. You, you uh, can ask him about Big Bully. The movie Big Bully. Oh, yeah. I thought you were talking about Roseanne for a second there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that one too. Oh, um, right, right. No. Apparently, uh, apparently, even though it was set in Minnesota, it was never, not filmed here. Mm. Boo. So give him the business about that. That's up. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh. <laughs> All right. Um, I guess we can rate this thing. Let's do it in both our, with our rating system and with the MMC rating system, which is a scale of 1 to 10. Uh, let's do both. I'll go first. And I would say that this is a this is a WTM soonish. You need to see this soonish. It is something to see, not because of its, I guess, uh, it's not a cinematic masterpiece. It doesn't have a lot of scholarly merits. But it is a, a fun experience. Uh I had a blast watching this for the first time, and every time I watch it, go out and see it. Uh, out of 10, which is a little more of a kind of, I guess, judging on its merits, I will say this is a 7. I'll give it a 7. Brett, what say you? I, uh, I would give it a WTM eventually. Eventually. Not quite as soonish, but definitely worth seeing at some point. Um, and uh, I also will give it a seven out of ten. All right, okay. I will give this, uh, and eventually, eventually, and in the uh, one to ten scale. Sorry, boys, going a bit lower. I'm gonna go mm-hmm. five on this one, mm-hmm. and this is through a first time viewing only. Uh, it will be seen again because it's one of those films that's eaten away at me where I have to just, I have to see it again and I have to find those more. You sure that, do. Um, yeah, it's like that game of um, Chinese boxes and everything. You keep opening one box and there's another one inside and there's another one inside. <laughs> that's what this film feels like. Much like yeah. Plan 9 from Outer Space, there's always something more you'll see. Uh, do yeah. I like this as much as Plan 9? Hell no. I love Plan 9 like a child. It's just, uh-huh. Never get tired of that film. But this is one of those ones where there's always something new you're going to find in there. Again, was it a happy accident by the filmmaker? I think so. Yeah, I, I don't think he's that much of a genius to be that multi-layered enough that four decades on, people are still going to be finding things. But there, there's more in there to unpack. And yeah, I'll give it a five and a half. Let's go five and a half. Just a okay. bit above average. That's fair. But had you get, had you done this, Last night, or had I watched this this morning, it would have been a zero and a never. <laughs> but if uh, if we do it tomorrow, maybe it's up to a six and a half and a sooner. Yeah, no, don't get too ambitious, yeah. mate. <laughs> <laughs> okay. yeah. It's not the stock market. It's not going to go up and fluctuate like that. It's, you know, well, it's it, it went from a zero <laughs> to a five in, a, in less than a day. I'm going to say we, we came a long way since the start of the episode. There you go. Uh, we convinced you, I guess. There's, there's more to it than, than you thought. Yeah, I think watching those couple of extra videos on YouTube today, just explaining a bit, maybe 
sit there and think, okay, zero's a bit silly because uh, I didn't know what the hell was going on. Now that I've got some sort of context and possibility of what it was, it um, it makes a bit more sense. So, you know, yeah. five and a half is, you know, worth it. I think that's fair. I think that's yeah. a fair score. Yeah. yeah. Considering I gave, uh, what was it? What was one of those musicals we watched? I gave it two or something on the MMC and the other boys gave it like a 10 or an eight. <laughs> I can't remember what it was. My Fair Lady or something. It was Sound of Music. Mm. One of those popular ones. I gave it bugger all. Brett, we did talk about a lot of the fun facts throughout the episode. Do you think we need to delve in any more? Or do you think that'll do it? No, I, none of these look particularly uh, interesting, to be honest. Yeah. And, and we, we hit most of them. Mm-hmm. I've got one fun fact, if you don't mind. Go for it. Here's a fun fact. Um, Sleepaway Camp is 85 minutes long in running time. The episode, this episode is three hours and eight minutes <laughs> in running time. <laughs> More than twice the length of the film. <laughs> it tells you something right there. Yeah. Worthy of discussion. That's that's including our uh, pre-recording kind of warm-up talk, too. So it's, it's well, probably yeah. closer Be- to about two hours and 45 minutes. <laughs> this could be our longest episode ever. And if it's for sleepaway camp, then so be it. All right. Hashtag worth it. Stu, <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you so much for joining us. Why don't you uh, oh, give nice us your welcome. plugs? Tell us about the MMC and what's... Well, I guess you can't tell us what's going to happen in September or October, or maybe you can. Shit, if I knew that, I'd be playing the lottery tonight. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, what's Hunter I'm, coming back? I don't know. Honestly, when he comes back mm-hmm. is when he comes back. I guess that question was asked of me when I had the uh, big garage rebuild. When's Stuart come back? Oh, should be about a month, <laughs> a month later. When's Stuart come back? It should be next month. And went on for six months. So honestly, <laughs> he comes back when he comes back. There's no hurry, no pressure on yeah. him to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the meantime, at the point in time in this recording, uh, John and I are just chugging along, getting stuff done, getting stuff out there. And um, yeah, hopefully back as a three-piece by the time you're hearing this. But you also have a lot of great guests too. So yeah, you guys yeah, have a yeah. lot of good content over there every week, usually. Yeah. Hopefully by the time this comes out, the monsters will be just about ready to uh, be released. To be Ooh. And I'm sure you'll have Garo on for dice. the monsters. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Absolutely. That's not up for negotiation. It'll just be, yeah. Uh, three That's the fun is just making John have to watch this shit. <laughs> John likes it. I don't care what he says. He, just, <laughs> yeah. he might sit in his little, you know, big uh, property on Denver gun. Not watching Rob Zombie bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> he watches them. He just ain't telling you he's watching them. He wants to watch uh, them. But, um, yeah, that's it. YouTube, you can find us, Midnight Movie Cowboys, midnightmoviecowboys.com. We're on all these streaming platforms. Uh, all the podcast platforms. Yeah, I I think honestly we're one of the longest running film ones still going. Yeah, we I think we'd be up. Started there. about 2010, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, August 2010. Yeah, there you go. All right, well, I think that'll do it for us. Brett, where can people find some lovely merchandise? 
You can go to wtmwatchthismovie.creator-spring.com. That's right. Buy one of these shirts. Buy one of these shirts because the one I got sent is very, very nice. There very you go. Good fit. Stewie so, has one. Movie Drone and has one. There you go. See? Yes. They're out and about. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at watch this underscore movie or bread at positively wolf one. Stu, you're not on Twitter. However, the uh, show has a Twitter <laughs> account that you run. <laughs> Just Do at I? Midnight Movie Cowboys, right? I don't know, M- mate. I don't know. I'm, I'm on there the, once every handle? few. I think it's at MMM Cowboys, but you're just wasting your time. Go into the Discord server instead. You'll find the links for those in the YouTube or go. the audio. And Facebook, the Facebook page. And yeah. the Facebook group as well. Um, really, you can contact us on Twitter, but uh, I don't run it really. It's just there. We've, we've all got access to it, but mm-hmm. it doesn't really get touched. That place is a hellhole. John unlocked his Twitter, so uh, we can retweet his stuff now. <laughs> Unlocked it? What did he do? Block it? No, he had it on, he had it on private. It was like yeah, uh, it was like a protected account. <laughs> you can only uh, see his tweets if you were following him. Yeah, you can only and like then, his tweets. You couldn't retweet them. Yeah, oh, no. and then uh, he would have to approve new followers. Okay, so oh. he's obviously gotten some grief from somebody. Yeah, yeah. But uh, which yeah. I did back in 2016. Said bye bye. <laughs> this place can go. <laughs> I'm not interested. But I, I think your your show count just auto tweets the new podcast episodes when they get uploaded. Yeah, yeah, that's just an automatic feature. Yeah. That that is it. Um. So, yeah. Even yeah. when Elon Musk takes it over, I'm just <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not interested. Well, you can email us at watchthismovie at yahoo.com. Check out our website at wtmwatchthismovie.com. And please rate and review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and many other podcast apps. We will check you later. I guess we'll see you around. All right, check you later. Bye. Wait, man, why are you always such a dork, man? What are you talking about? Check you later. Check you later. (laughs) Hey, man, you're off my case. Come on, Billy, be ahead of Bill. Come on, Bill. No problem, Gino. This guy blows dead dogs. Just lay it in there.